All right, another episode of the Minifan Show. Uh, the Minifan Show, by the way, that has a blog now on blindsidepods.com. If you haven't read it, my uh, my my debut column, Taking Down Shirley. Make sure you guys check that out. Uh, today on the podcast, we've got Monique from Radio Gunk. They basically run a podcast over there that's the exact polar opposite of our show, where we, we kind of kiss Kirk's ass. Uh, they basically rip the shit out of Howard Stern and, and do a really entertaining and, and funny job of it. This one's a little bit longer, uh, not if there's anything wrong with that it's a lot of great content we talk from everything ranging from the, the guests we've had on and our show and kind of the origins of our show to the backstory of what happened to kirk uh with the whole wei fiasco and obviously why she listens to howard stern and continues to kind of torture themselves listening to this guy that they hate so much uh and obviously we talk a lot of shit and a lot of backstory and gossip about stern so it's a really entertaining listen hope you guys enjoy <laughs> Part of BlindsidePods.com. Welcome to a super fan roundtable on the week's events in the world of Kirk Menahan. This is the Menafan Show. I sat with a woman from uh, from Getting Things Done from nine o'clock in the morning till five o'clock in the evening. I, I studied with her, and she's terrific. And she put me into a whole new frame of mind with my with the way I work. She goes to me, why have you not unsubscribed to that? It'll take you under two minutes to do that. Do it right now. I go, I can't do it now. She goes, do it right now. I just keep going through it. Yep, she got me doing that. David Allen Company. I like him. It's going to be a whole new change around here (laughs) with all my new powers. Everybody get ready. Everybody. And this woman, she turned my life around. In one day. Well, yeah, like like for over a year, I've been having to make a doctor's appointment, you know, get my yearly physical, and I haven't. She goes, "Why don't you do it right now?" I go, "Well, I can't do it now. I'll do it later." No, no, do it now. And now I have my doctor's appointment. So, so she told you what to do, and I get that. So, what do you do in a month when she's not there to say just do it? No, I have a system now. I don't need just her to do, do it. it. I do it. By the way, Gary, I might have her making a little visit to your office <laughs> to look over what's going on in there with your fucking post-its. Yeah, the pocket yeah, uh, yeah. folder is not a good one. Wait till you see what's going to go on around here. <laughs> I'm, what? I'm loving the idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fafa Fui. I told her, you're going to go visit Fafa Fui. You jealous, John? Uh, no. Oh. Hey, boss. Do I get to report to her, too? <laughs> that's, that's Marty so the- Turk that he's talking about. As she's known on our show as the fidget ginger spinner. And so Marcy, uh, so Marcy was an acolyte of getting things done. She worked for that company for about five months. If you actually look at her resume before she made it personal on LinkedIn, you would see that she had like six or seven jobs before she got to the Stern Show. By the way, this is Monique from Radio Gunk. Oh, hey, hi. Big fan of the show because I'm a Howard hater and MHB is kind of a neophyte, but... Kind of. Of the show, I thought it would be fun. Kirk Menahan, us Kirk Menahan fans, a lot of us are from the Stern lifeboat. We got in the lifeboat when Stern turned and we found Kirk. So welcome. Thanks. I'm about two two generations removed from the uh, Howard Stern thing. So so people accuse me of copying Minahan's on-air thing, and uh, Minahan is copying uh, Stern's on-air thing. So I am, by that extension, I think that makes me Howard Stern. His like, kind of like his bastard child. 
Yes, right? yes. And I don't I'm not sure what a neophyte is, but it sounds sexual in nature, so I'll I'll just roll with it. And it's much you are less- a neophyte and I get it. And I, I would say that your age group, especially like on my uh on my forum, I'm always surprised when somebody's on there who's like twenty six or twenty seven. It's like, what are you doing here? Like why are you with us? Why are you here? And I think what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, they they got stern by default on their radios in their new cars you know he's like the mcafee virus of cars so they get you know this the the uh sirius is already put onto there and all of a sudden here's howard and you know it's new and different for some people it's it's something sort of like you haven't heard before yeah and so for people that are new it's it might be great but for us who have been listening for forever it's like not so much yeah, my, my, my exposure to Howard growing up was uh, his his show on E! on the E! Network uh, and, and waiting for my parents to go to bed so I could sneak down to the TV room and, uh, and, and watch some, some naked chicks with their tits blurred out uh, riding Sibians. That was my, about my extent of my experience with Howard Stern. So I'm excited <laughs> to learn now uh, from, from an expert, a resident expert. In, I uh, shall Stern. tell you all. I, can, I, I go wait. back all the way to 1993. I picked him up when I was in college. Outside of New York, I continued on through Sirius. I got really excited. bought my bought my radio early to get to know Sirius a little bit, and I carried on till about 2009, and then I dropped off. And from time to time, I'll get a trial, I'll listen, and it just feels like a shadow of, of something that was great. Well, it was great. I mean, you know, we have this argument all the time. I, I He's the luckiest man in radio show business. And, you know, I was listening to a couple of things about how your guy kind of got booted off of his station or decided not to resign or whatever the hell happened. No, it was but, more booted. Yeah, okay, so booted. So uh, the, the funny thing to me, though, about it is that Howard has gotten such... Are we allowed to curse on here? Absolutely. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Okay, fuck. Howard has gotten such a fucking pass on so much egregious stuff that he has done. And so it amazes me. I mean, it really just floors me when when somebody can be told that they can't do certain things because they're what? A sports show? They're a talk show? They're not supposed to be irreverent? It's it's but because yet- they he's got a station that owns the, the, the they have a Red Sox partnership. That's what it was. So you can't criticize the Red Sox or if you do, you get kicked off the air. I mean, that's, that's basically the, the, the gist of it. <laughs> So, okay, so wait, so tell me, so he decided to, okay, he got booted. Okay, so this is a mutual decision. No, wasn't wasn't really. wasn't necessarily mutual. So, so the gist of it, I'll give you the cliff notes. Essentially, yeah. he he was a guy that created controversy because he called Aaron Andrews a gutless bitch in 2014, right? I'm, sh- I'm, I'm okay. not sure if you heard that. But I mean, compared to what Stern has said, again, incredibly mild, tame. incredibly tame. And he called Aaron Andrews a gutless bitch, and that's about it. Other than that, he has called the Red Sox uh, ownership, John Henry and Linda Pizzuti, a bunch of pandering vomits because they changed Yaki Way to Jersey Street because Yaki was, in their view, a racist. And he said that they were pandering vomits in that sense. He's also spoken out against some of the, you know, like, giving a four-year-old um, hormone replacement for transgender, I think is what he, he said. He said that he's like, that's, he, he, he said that we should, they shouldn't do that. And an activist basically got his hair across his ass and, and made it his life work to take him down. Uh, the Boston Globe didn't like him and the Globe is owned by the Red Sox. The Red Sox didn't like him as well. So there were basically three forces that said, fuck this guy, get him off the air. And, uh, and, and basically they never allowed him. He took a, he, think about this. He took a break because he was having suicidal thoughts. 
And then more, he got, more than suicidal thoughts, going to the train station to kill himself, hiding in the woods, waiting for the train at the spot where it would have maximum velocity <sighs> yeah. so that he could jump out and pull himself back at the last second. So and he this he, was after he lost his job, though. No, this was before. So oh, this is okay, all okay, before. Okay. So in the midst of this, you've got you've, you've got, you know, FMLA stuff and you've got uh, you've got suicidal thoughts. He gets institutionalized and then he comes back. He's got a doctor's note saying that he's ready to come back to work. And they say, eh, Let's pump the brakes until the Red Sox uh, are done with the World Series. And after that, uh, let's pump the brakes. We, we're not sure if we're ready to come back on the air unless you sign a document about 15 things that you are not going to talk about and you're not allowed to talk about. Now think Ooh, about his own red list. I love it. Yeah, but this was this was something as mild as you can't criticize the Boston Globe. You can't criticize the mayor of Boston, right? You can't be, this is what they said. I swear to God, Monique, they said you can't, you be, can't mean be spirited. Mean spirited. <laughs> Imagine Howard Stern signing that shit so kirk said go screw and 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 he's now doing his own thing so is this is this uh doing well for him i noticed he had stuttering john on the other uh week or so which i, I found interesting um is this doing well for him is this like a viable yeah monetized doing, well, well thing? He's, he's still under contract with intercom and all and he's doing a podcast he does a podcast three to four times a week and they're Amazing. paying him the same amount so it's a great deal for him they don't want to lose him yeah, so but who doesn't want to lose him? I'm, I'm so Intercom. so they're still paying him a salary to be on this radio.com station, yes. which yep. oh, I see. Because think about it. So he had a guaranteed contract. So they said, well, listen, we don't want you on the air because we can't trust you. But here, here's this podcast on radio.com. You can go do that. And so he's making the best of it and he's doing, he's kicking ass with it. He's in, you know, he's consistently within inside the top 50 for podcasts in America. So he's consistently kicking ass with it. And eventually he's going to get his own show on radio. Tom is super concerned with him being live because they can't edit him. How long is his contract? I'm not understanding why he can't just say, go fuck yourselves. And he's still a niche business, right? I mean, he's, he's not a syndicated guy, right? So, so we got to back up here before he came on. They were number they were number one after Howard left Boston, and then a sports station got on the FM because they were an AM station and kicked their ass, and they were near to the point of going country, and they threw Kirk on. He was a weekend guy. Of here, here's the last gasp. You go on with these two old farts and see what happens. And he just took off. It was lightning in the bottle out of nowhere. Guy who's never really done radio before except for weekends, and the show went from really bad to close to number one they jettisoned the old man and then it was just him and jerry and they got to number one on a poor signal so he has a history of of success and now again they've kind of thrown him off and everything's going back to the way it was that's a shame you know i think first off radio just as a construct i, I think is going the way of you know Betamax. And I think that at some point there, you know, the entirety of this industry, I mean, shit, I've been doing my podcast now for, uh, gosh, almost three years. I've never monetized it. I've never cared to because I want to be able to do what I want when I want as I want whenever I want and curse and say shit I want to do and you know hope I don't get any copyright strikes on YouTube and shit like that and when it stops being fun then I'll stop doing it but the entirety of the world of of entertainment is going that way and the fact that somebody can still have that much control over what somebody can say 
it's so fucked to me. Like, I don't even understand. I mean, and I get it. I get he's getting paid. Ride that wave, right? Ride that wave until that surfboard comes crashing to shore. And then, you know, he'll figure shit out and he'll he'll ride back out. I get so here's, it. Here's the sick part, too. So he gets thrown off the air. There's no news about anything. The, the media writer's not writing about him. The, the TV station are not writing about him. You've got a guy who was on leave for almost attempting suicide and, and he was off the air for months it was like two or three months and there's not a peep the morning show isn't talking about him the only thing they're saying is we certainly hope kirk returns soon yeah what did so, they replace him with <laughs> what they replaced him with <laughs> do you have it yeah i'm, I'm just all over the place they replaced they him with a stuff. uh it, it's a it's a it's a i think i think the term is a a, a human... show me how you wiggle in those jeans <laughs> that guy they replaced him with a human animal hybrid i think he's i think he's a, a monkey man i think is what they they call him uh part primate part human go being. back and read through it's, mark uh, cannon's be, balls he's a big twitter account he's a big a fan of me job, as you John can hear that's uh, a big he's a big fan of me so clearly he reads he reads my twitter um but he is not uh i mean he's a nice guy medium talent is what i would say uh and that's, uh, he, that's being generous yeah they went from first place to now they the the winter book just came out and they were in fifth. So from that's about the difference. That's that's the difference Kirk Minahan makes. You go from first place in major market to fifth place. So so after he's unceremoniously dumped, which is not too dissimilar to what happened with Artie, to be honest with yep. you. Except, you know, the the drug component was a huge part of Artie. But you know, Artie around Christmas time, uh, they were going on vacation for two or three weeks, whatever it is they take at the end of the year. And um, and Tim Sabian had to be the one to fire Artie because it was just out of control. His drug use was out of control. They had exploited it for probably all it was worth. And then Artie tried to kill himself and he tried to stab himself and, you like know, bleach. whatever the fuck he was doing. I mean, you know, it, it was a sad state of affairs and then never to be mentioned on air again. Just persona non grata, just gone. gone. They would have gotten away with it at EI, but our guy here, MHB, started writing these articles on yeah. a partner's website. So this is the same that's way they got the thing rolling. That's kind of why we exist, is there was this void. Nobody was talking about this. So we're like, well, shit, let's just do something. And that way, if something happens, there's a place for everybody to go. And that's how we took off. So I wrote a couple columns, two columns about uh, exposing the real reasons why Kirk was being kept off the air. And since then, every single thing turned out to be true. And that was really, and then after that, I started my own podcast and then DEC was like, hey, I'm, wanna, I want to do a, a super fan podcast. Do you want to start joining and do this with me? And then, then here we are. So yeah, what kind of people do you have on your show? And do you actually talk about his show as a weeks in review like we kind of do sometimes with Howard? It was the plan. So the plan yeah, was this yeah. was a ripoff from the Stern Fan Roundtable. That's kind of what my thought process was, and it kind of evolved. We had a few super fans on, and the other people were just kind of too loud, and it would lose it would lose focus. And I kind of found, well, I like talking to this guy, John. Let's just kind of do this. And then we stumbled into, well, we've got some guests who might want to come on the show. And it's just kind of evolved away from that. Still talking about Kirk when it's 
necessary, but also kind of expanding it to, we have guests on from that world itself. We had his brand new producer on, and he came on and got his ass fired three days later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, we, got, we got him fired, basically. And then we had his interim producer on, and people people seemed to like him, but we basically, he, he came on the podcast and we shit on him for, you know, uh, basically <sighs> called him a dummy. And, and, uh, <laughs> Because he is a bit of a dummy. I, 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 my new name for him is uh, is is uh, is knee below, uh, because he's 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 kind of a bigger guy and his tits hang below his knees, so he's a knee below. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, but he's this guy, Mark Moroso. He's a nice guy, sweet guy, but he's uh, not the brightest, uh, not the brightest guy either. I think he's he's almost like a like a like a. There used to be a producer um, that Kirk had that was an alcoholic, and Kirk would say he's like a drunk Curtis, uh, sober Curtis when Curtis was drunk. So he's like I, a mixture. I, I don't of, think this is good radio right now. We're doing, the, and that's that's drunk Curtis. So he he's kind of like that. He's he's a so lovable do, do, doofus. Does, so does Kirk ever come on your show? No, we. I mean, again, I feel like. Or that do we, you want him? To? We're saving him for episode one hundred. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, DC and I said that first of all, I think we would be like breaking the fourth wall if we brought him on the show. That it, it would be a little bit too weird. And then we're like, if we make it to episode one hundred, we'll we'll invite him on. But I mean. I would say that our podcast is not so much like a, a recap show than it's it's almost like um it's in the Kirk Minahan universe, but it's not so much like about It's Kirk Minahan canon. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like it's like you know like the expanded universe. The Marvel yeah, the Marvel expanded the MCU, right? The Marvel the Marvel universe where we're part of the Kirk Minahan universe. Oh, here we go. And but it's that's been about it. A blast. I think the show has been a lot of fun. <laughs> He's not a part of the universe. No. But we're talking, you're asking us a lot of questions. We got to turn the table on you, Monique. It's okay. I was just really curious because, you know, I threw a, um, I, I threw a thread up on my forum asking people about you guys and about Kirk and what the story is with him. And the kind of answers I got were pretty funny. So one person said, um, Hold on. I got a lot of Asalaamu Alaikum. Where, where can it. I read these? I'm actually okay, fascinated. So ra- Was that Fillmore? <laughs> I'm an egomaniac, so I need to read what people are saying Radio about Radiogunk.com forums, backslash forums, and so... I'm I'm known as the benevolent dictator. So the thread title was benevolent dictator on another podcast this week. So I, um, I linked to your tweet about me and then they all started ripping me a new asshole they're like okay here about kirk he was the number one sports show in boston mornings funny edgy gave props to stern wasn't afraid to speak his mind and talk of his struggles suicidal thoughts his parents passing etc then walked away from the show to us it was kind of a mystery it would be really really awesome if you could have him on your show I didn't know anything about him. Then uh, the other one I got was um, motherfucker. This isn't available in the EU. More and more bullshit every day. Then um, about stuttering John being on his show. Then Boston sports dude who was kind of forced off his show because he was semi-critical of the Red Sox. The station he was on has their rights. He also pissed off some SJW single Jewish women. (laughs) <laughs> and I guess behind Social justice the scenes, warrior. I know. I know. Yeah. And I guess behind the scenes, he was working to get him off air. He checked himself into a psych ward a few months ago. P.S. He also looks like this guy from Logan. So they sent me a picture of that like super white dude from Logan. But actually, he does kind of look about four gene splices off of Michael Avenatti, to be honest. Oh, my That's God. Kinda... I've never even thought of that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's horrifying. 
<laughs> he's about four gene splices off of him. I don't know for how sure. I feel about that. For yeah, sure. And, and yeah, so <laughs> exactly. So these are the kind of commentary I got. And believe me, once I'm done with this show, you guys will have all sorts of stuff to look at um, to be amused by by my guys. Yeah, Fillmore will always come in and fuck with, with shit. Fillmore, awesome. uh, Fillmore does my, does my openings uh, for most of the shows. I'm just changing my entire podcasting system. I've been offered like three different podcasting groups that want me to mm-hmm. come and actually do a show, but I'm inherently lazy and I don't want to have to do this shit for an actual living or else it won't be fun anymore. I would say be careful with that because they might take ownership and then you don't have ownership of your material. You got to yeah. be careful with that. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly, I wouldn't do it. I can't, I can't commit to thinking about things I want to talk about that have to do with Howard Stern without it staying, you know, into that demographic and that niche. And then, you know, how do you retain that, that grouping of, you know, basically assholes? I mean, you know, my followers are, are as mean as any human <laughs> beings I know. I'm called the C word <laughs> on a constant basis. So, so I, I was just evil. I'm going to put something out there for your listeners. Yeah. I would highly recommend that they listen to a great podcast called On Tap. Yes. It's part of our Blindside Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a gentleman who uh, reviews a beer and then he reviews a movie. Most of them are tr- children's films that he drinks <laughs> a beer to. And I think. And I think that your uh, your listeners would love them. Uh, give them a rating, give okay. them a review, subscribe. Uh, okay, is this actually your podcast? No. <laughs> do you want to? Do you have a pre? Here he is. Here he is. I gotta see if. Do you have the? You have the full thing. He's he's a, he's a nice guy. Um, it's a little creepy that he goes and he he puts <laughs> That's the uh, so creepy. He, he he cuts the hole in the bottom of the popcorn container uh, yeah. and 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 says, "Hey kids, oh, you, you stop, wanna- stop, stop." <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! So Stop it! You know, no, I, I did. I did find. Am it. I sexually attracted to yes. underage boys? <laughs> <laughs> sexually attracted. What the fuck, guys? What the fuck is that? Is that a real? Is that a real show? Uh, no, 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 that's that's Jerry Sandusky. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Jerry. That's See, Sandusky. That's Sandusky. An- another friend of the oh show. Oh my god, you have no idea. There's a guy on our our forum called Dinner Shop. <laughs> <laughs> he, he will defend Sandusky to the end. Funny you say. We oh, had a, say a, are you familiar he was with John? Befuddled. <laughs> are you familiar with John Ziegler? No, John Ziegler. Oh, sounds familiar. He's that's him. That. You're listening. That's his laugh. That that the demonic little you know uh, evil laugh there. That's John Ziegler. John Ziegler is the foremost defender of Jerry Sandusky ever. And he was a guest on the Minifan show. We debated him on the Let's Sandusky Let's use your brains thing. for a second. I know you guys have very small IQs. That's what he said to us when we said- Oh, we're I so- hate him already. He said, we said, wow, uh, listen, I mean, hey, uh, hey, uh, you know, Ziggler, there's, there's like 11 victims. There's, 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 there's all sorts of evidence. There's child porn on his computer. And, and, and I mean, and, God, you people are so stupid. And that's the response we got. So <laughs> real- No, you moron. <laughs> So very easy to argue with somebody like that, but I think that oh god, we, that's we so easy. That's like shooting fish in a barrel. Seriously, I, 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 did you guys win the argument? Please oh, tell me yes. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. we never argued back the way he did. We were polite, we were firm, but we never used names, and everything he said was a name. Yeah, and 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 here's the other thing is that I mean this guy also this 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 genius right this this, this hero of logic and reason also believes that Matt Lauer never assaulted anybody. So 
So, uh, oh, it, can I tell you about Matt Lauer? Yeah, please go do. ahead. <laughs> I used to live. Uh, I used to live across the street from Matt Lauer, and this is before he was married, and he and he had hair, and he um, and he had a different. I swear to God, I and you know, I used to I used to walk my dogs first thing in the morning, you know, like six six thirty, and mm-hmm. there would always be a girl doing a walk of shame out of his apartment <laughs> every fucking day, every day a different girl. He fucked so much and so hard. And interestingly enough, um, what's his face also lived on my block. Who's the one who talks really fast? Who used to be with my friend friend? Oh, Mad Dog Russo. Mad Dog used to live down the yeah. block from me as well. So yeah, so, the Mad Dog, uh, everybody, how you yeah. doing? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he used to live down the block as well. But but Matt, so Matt would have these girls, and seriously, they they looked like rape victims. You know, it's just like their mascara coming off of their Funny faces. Funny you say that. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so, and every morning, you know, there was one. You know, she, literally, she has her heels off. She's walking barefoot. She's still dressed like you know whore in the street from the night before and she's just in she's in the taxi matt has already given the taxi driver like 20 bucks to take her home and she's out the window just saying i love you matt i love you thank you so much and he's already literally in his apartment not even paying attention but he was total man whore i can 100 percent see him doing this on a on a consistent basis because you know they never change their stripes. He has a, like him. He had a lock under his desk so that he could turn his office into a rape room. I mean, the guy's a pretty. But but Ziggler is close friends with him, so he's insistent that Matt Lauer is innocent. Also, Michael Jackson also innocent. Bill Cosby really? Also innocent. Oh yeah, he, really? Yeah, he, you are uh, no good. You are worse than Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so he's not just doing it to be controversial and to make a name for himself? I have because no obviously idea what his stupid. game is. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's an odd duck. Mm-hmm. It sounds ridiculous to me that anybody would be pro all those people. I, I, I don't know. I don't why. even like Sandusky. Yeah, I don't he, like Daddy that's, Sandusky. That's what he would say all the time. Yeah. I don't know why you, would, why you would dedicate yourself to something that you hate. Which is a radio pro move by well, me. Well, that's exactly what we do. Which, because I was about to ask you. Thank you. That's radio pro, radio move by me. A little segue here. So, can you explain to me? You say that you hate the show, but yet you also dedicate your life to listening to it. So, so why? Explain to me why you would do that. So, okay. So, hate is a term. I. I really I, I I I save hate for a family. Like I don't I don't really hate the show necessarily. I just it's literally like listening to Charlie Brown's teacher in the background now. And it's just one of those things where he has just turned the corner. He turned the corner. I don't know if it was when he started receiving Medicare on his birthday or A-A-R-P. you know the the fact that all of them are, you know, really kind of older and not really into the zeitgeist of what's actually happening in the world. And he feels like he's so very special and so very important. And, you know, he's just he's just the luckiest fucking guy in show business. And and we completely will tell you that, he, you know, he stole half his, his shtick from Steve Dahl. 
And I, I firmly will always believe that, you know, so many of the things they used to do as crank phone calls came from Steve Dahl. And if the internet had been around when he had done that, it would have been revealed. And he would have never been able to be this irreverent person that he wound up being. Which is why I find it so amazing to me that somebody would get shit on for such benign shit that goes on in Boston, where he was able to get away with, oh my God, so much Me Too stuff. It's not even funny. For years and years and years, it's still going i don't know if you heard his wendy williams cunt rampage he went on which was insane to us and it's like how is this not how is this okay how is this shit okay so for us we just got really disappointed in the man he became yeah you know we all followed him to serious everybody wanted to hear howard and Artie and everybody be able to say fuck you know fuck you fuck this fuck this noise and show tits and ass if that's what you were into and be as irreverent as could possibly be but it wound up years were very good though oh my god of course they were and then what happened what happened was agt and 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 the nose job and the chin job and the you got a chin job botox yeah absolutely and you know does he wear a wig is that true too so everybody will tell you that he has it's not a wig it's a hair system okay extensions like trump like trump does it's kind of like clip-ons. Yeah, it's like it's like a system. He has a little bit of a system going on there. And he uh, and he'll never admit that. And he's also he's he's manorexic. He's he will wind up being like Howard Hughes. You know, he will he will disappear into the sunset. We'll never see him again. You know, you'll see him with his walker. You know, maybe somebody'll spot him kind of like Johnny Carson, mm. you know, walking down the street with Beth who probably will have left him by then. And and that will be the end of him. But we're just really disappointed in what he became. So I just started the podcast because we wanted to vent our frustration with with who he had become. So that's really what the impetus for it was. So right, so AGT comes along and all of a sudden he needs to be family man. He needs to be loved by, you know, women in Minneapolis who've never heard of him and who is this, you know, gawky looking man coming onto a show that we love as a midsummer replacement. He got paid fifteen million dollars a year for it. He bitched about it every fucking day. Made the whole show move to New York. He made the show move to New York. He bitched about having to travel anywhere to see anything. He bitched about it constantly. And it's like, dude, what the fuck? Like, what is wrong with you? You're getting paid more money than probably collectively everybody on my forum makes. And you for that that alone, let alone the $90 million he makes, which is like $3,225 a minute for what he does. Is that and right? you are Holy shit. Yes. Yes. So now the show that we loved has become this zoo show you know it's like one of those z100 kind of shows Good morning jab hey everybody exactly and it's bits and it's phony phone calls and you know cleaning out the computer on a constant basis and because he used to have female interns all the time and i know for a fact one of them sued him and it was settled out of court um they don't have females in there anymore it just I doesn't notice happen. that they don't so have naked cock- chicks in there anymore there's, There's naked no guys. There's no tits. Only guys. Cock and balls. I haven't watched. I mean, I've, I, 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 again, I'm, I'm coming at this as a. What'd you say? A neophyte. Neophyte. Yes. That's uh, a great word. That sounds. Uh, that sounds really, really dirty. Um. So as a neophyte, he, he no longer has sexy girls on the show. I'm confused. No girls, actually. 
Um, you never hear the voice of a female intern or a worker from the back. The Marcy Turk clip that you played uh, at the beginning, you never hear her voice. We've never heard her voice before. Um, so these are people that are behind the scenes that will never come out in the open. I think they're just really fearful of any recrimination. So they have, you know, they have all the guys in who love to show you their balls and their cocks and Howard mm-hmm. loves it. Hey. And I don't get it. We I'm don't get it. S- I'm seeing that he settled for 1.3 million for an unpaid intern lawsuit. Is that what you're referring to? I've so that was a class this. action. That was a class action lawsuit, or it may have started as a class action. But yeah, that was that's the reason they no longer have interns. But a female intern um, had also sued. And How did that not uh, make news? How I feel like that would be front page. How does that not news? Because when something is settled out of court, it doesn't really have to be um, doesn't really have to be uh, made note of in the records. I see. MHB, you want to so. branch out a little bit, do a little media <laughs> reporting that way? I would. I mean, hey, I don't know how I would even look up at the records of that, but that's very interesting. It is very interesting, and that's why there's no girls on that show allegedly so or, or maybe um, he's just moved on to the back nine of his career and he wants to do a little song and dance with ellen have you ever thought about that a little poop shoot yeah oh, and right. i and i and i don't understand it and i don't understand how the trucker you know driving across country listening to his radio for four hours and killing time finds that amusing you know what I ellen just i just love when you dance I love when oh, you dance, Alan. You're the best. Yeah, I had started. I had started cutting that up a little bit, <laughs> uh, and I found him just savaging, savaging, Ellen. And I remember back. You mean Vaginefeld, right? Vaginefeld. Yeah, that's what Vagine. he used to call her in the mid '90s when <laughs> See, she I had know, that thanks. show. Before she came out, he would call her Vaginefeld. That she yeah, signed the her. vagina. Hated her. And now he loves how she dances. It just brings me such joy. You and Jennifer oh. Aniston on my yacht. It feels great. But Ellen but call... Ellen, Ellen brought Beth onto the show. Ellen allowed a forum for an animal advocate, such as, you know, the benevolent St. Beth. Mm. So, you know, it's a lot of quid pro quo that goes on it, with him now. By the way, so I, I am hearing people are texting me saying that you claim someone is a prostitute. Is that his wife you say is a prostitute? What? No, we don't claim she's a prostitute, but a lot of people have said in the past that she was one of those girls. Okay, so I've worked in the garment center my entire life. And what is, is that? That, what, that sounds like something like an old like shrew, like like a like the taming of the shrew from Shakespeare, right? What's the gar- like the garment district? What the hell are we talking about? I was a design director for a very large uh, clothing company and for, for lingerie. Is that what you're talking about? Well, no, it's it swimwear and outerwear and accessories Ooh, okay. and things like that. I so like we've it. always had fit models the entirety of, of my career, you know, that they get paid about $250 an hour. They come in, they fit your clothing. They're not really meant for magazines. They're not quite pretty enough for that. They're not quite skinny enough for that, but they happen to fit your sample size perfectly. The B class, so, the, the Oompa Loompas you bring in there. But, the C class, they're beautiful girls. I mean, you would never, you would never kick them out of bed. C class, D class. They're just not quite the most photogenic. So and they look like they might come out of a racing track. Yeah, but you're, so Beth, you're blockaways. So Beth, they're the blockaways. So Beth was Beth was a fit model first and foremost. And what a lot of people say is, you know, the way. Either of you ever have like the New York vibe at all? Mm-hmm. So 
the basically the way it works in New York, especially with that crowd, like the twenty somethings, you know, MHB's crowd. I am. Yep. <clears throat> so what basically happens is you have these promoters, and what the promoters do is they gather as many girls as they humanly can. Like for one time. I was at a restaurant with a bunch of people and all of a sudden these really, really tall black guys come walking in and it winds up being the Knicks and maybe some other team. I don't know whoever they played that day. And I text my friend, John, who does the show with me and I'm like, oh my God, so-and-so is here. And I just saw so-and-so and he's like, are you fucking kidding me that you're in a restaurant right now? Like hanging out with these guys. I'm like, I don't know. They're just here. And then all of a sudden come in all these girls dressed literally with their cooches hanging out yeah. with <clears throat> five inch heels the whole ah. thing so this this ah. is the talent <laughs> ah. the instagram whores that's where you find this them now is, is on instagram correct this is the talent for the night so howard was at a party there was talent there you know and you know, beth was part of the talent so so she's a prostitute know, no 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 i wouldn't think she's a prostitute it's uh, it's a free meal and she gets to meet people <laughs> that she might <laughs> And she gets to meet people that she might potentially be able to hook up with. And she she bagged bagged the biggest, gawkiest fucking guy. With the smallest cock. She got lucky. Listen, (laughs) she's one of the lucky ones. Who can complain? She sees him three days a week. You know, she spends all her time out in Long Island in the Hamptons house. He's here in New York City. If not in Los Angeles. um, Huh? If not in Los Angeles. She oh, if not her, yeah, she her. does. He, yeah, he doesn't like to fly at all. So yeah, so she lives her own life. She, I mean, what, what could she possibly want for? So of course we skewer her as well because we can, and not necessarily because she did anything wrong. So now here comes the book. Okay, so here comes the book. Howard Stern comes out, comes again. Comes whatever again. the fuck. Okay, that was a Freudian slip. Howard Stern comes again. So you would think this is going to be a book that's kind of like a fun, funny. You know, similar to the last two books that he wrote, which we will always contend were all bullshit, all made up. One of them was written by Ratso Sloman. The next one was written. uh, And and the next one, because of the success of the first one, was like in a, you know, three point font bigger than the last one, filled with more pictures. It was just a puffy book with no content whatsoever. Just a, a bunch of bullshit. And so now here comes this book, which is all about the interviews that he's done on his show and which are his favorite interviews. So basically it's transcripts where Mm -hmm. he is commenting on transcripts of things that we've already listened to. And we did an analysis of how many people he's had as guests in the last year and a half. And it is 40 where like 30 of them were repeat guests from years gone by. So it's like, what is it that we care about with this? So anyway, so we started this whole Twitter campaign, just fucking with the book. And, you know, we always go on the Stern Show first thing in the morning, you know, rip everybody a new asshole. Well, all of a sudden in the last two or three days, they've been blocking systematically all all my peeps. Everybody's getting, you know, blocked from the Stern Show. Yeah, everyone. Well, you know, he makes fake Twitter accounts, right? Isn't that true? Too? Oh, we love that. That was the best. That was the best. That was that was one of the most amazing things to come out of um, one of Stuttering John John's people was this picture of him saying, create accounts, have people, you know, entice people to come on to our show. And we have found so many of them. Hey, Kenny Perry, Howard Stern loves you. We would love for you to, you know, we would love to hear you on his show next time you're in New York. So even though he's not really a big fan of Twitter, 
and he, that fuck face just blocked me as a matter of fact about a month ago same day as ralph that berry faced gay bastard Rick. so they blocked me on the same day and um and they started to block anybody who was uh, talking not glowingly about the book so i think he's a little concerned about his book already being down at like number 50 today and him having to do all the promotion for it so he's not quite the power of stern anymore so I got a question for you around your guests. I'm pretty impressed. You've had people like Tim Sabian. You've had Stuttering oh, John, Artie, Grillo, Jim Florentine. How did you get these guys? So everybody is six degrees from somebody else, right? Um, Tim Sabian is a really, really good friend of mine. And he, mm-hmm. um, you know, he will constantly, he'll constantly give me like, you know, a heads up on somebody who, you know, might be good for my show, might be somebody who would be interesting. And um, and Grillo too. Grillo is six degrees of separation from pretty much everybody that there is on the planet. It's amazing to me. So I um, I went to see Jim one day with Grillo at some comedy store, and uh, Jim was just coming out with a book, and so he introduced me to Jim and said, you know, he might be a great guest for you because he ha- he always has like something interesting to say about the Stern Show and whatever. And I all I really wanted to know is whether or not he fucked Robin. And yes, I just couldn't that's get what there. I was going to ask. I just couldn't get there. You know, it's one of those things where you just, you know, you, you know, you got to read the room. You just don't know that. You just don't know that this is going to be an appropriate thing to come out with. You just got to read that fucking room. And and it is the only reason I wanted him on. It's the only reason. Did you fuck Robin and what happened between you two? That's it. That's all I wanted to get to. We couldn't get there. We promoted the book. Everybody was happy and that was the end of it. But really, that was the only reason I had him on. I think there's no way he did. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine anybody fucking her. Seriously. Not fuck now. her too, by the way. I hate her. Why do you... What is... What, first of all, what is... what? She's the, uh, the the only lady on the show, right? She's the... What? what how did she even get started <laughs> on the show? She's the excuse for him to be um, as racist as he wants to be, number oh, one. Oh, she's the token black lady. Okay. Yeah, she's token. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's token. I, I saw a video once of her like showing her, her bra. That's all I saw. That's all I know about. Yeah, That's you're not missing anything else. a long time ago. Yeah. That's a lot. Right. A galaxy far, far away. So Robin started with him. And, you know, I'm, I'm not the historian that Benjamin is, but... Robin started with him way back in the day. She was a nurse. She moved out to San Francisco and she she wrote this real bullshit book, which, you know, Fuckin we had a two part ass. episode about it. Yeah. Randomly from a guy she just met bent that day, that morning, <laughs> bent over the sink. Right. What? And okay. uh, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. Everything about their books that they have all written is as salacious as can possibly be. And we really, really, truly feel that 98% of it is bullshit. Truly. So Robin was with him in D.C. And then when he got the opportunity to move to New York, he basically left her behind. And she was really like beside herself. And, you know, he promised her that if he could get her, you know, to come to New York, he would. But, you know, don't let me stop you from getting something else. She got a ridiculous deal at the time. I think making like $125,000 a year to do another show and stay um Stay down in D.C. or Maryland or wherever the hell she was. She went to Baltimore for a period of time. Exactly, it's her hometown, and so she uh, she wound up she wound up waiting. She called in sick and wouldn't commit, 
because all she wanted was for Howard to call her and have uh, him say, you know, I got the high sign from NBC for you to come to New York. So she waited it out. And another one, you know, she is one of the highest paid newswomen in America as a news person, as a newscaster. Dollar for dollar, she is one of the highest paid women in news for the 15 minutes that she gets to talk at the end of the show. And for laughing. And for laughing. And he cuts her off. He cuts her off, actually, now during interviews um, because she's becoming, you know, I think she has a little dementia going on. Who the fuck knows? Anyway, she had cancer. She was off the show for two years. Um, They never told anybody she was off the show. She did it from home. And um, and they kept that hidden from from everyone. And the rule was when they walked in, do not mention that Robin is not here. Do not make note of the fact that Robin is not in her booth. I you know, saw do not in, make the, in the Ellen interview when he's kissing her ass and Ellen hears Robin, she looks over and then she looks back and the camera doesn't go to Robin. That must have been a period of time when Robin was sick because I saw yeah. Ellen's head just swiveling around. Yeah. So, and who knows, you know, Robin tried all sorts of Western, like, like she, she said Western medicine was not, you know was not going to cure her. And that's when she went and took ayahuasca and got herself all fucked up. She would do these coffee enemas. She would go off to San Francisco and, you know, get some sort of like weird, you know, frozen cryotherapy treatments, anything to avoid having to get this basically grapefruit sized thing out of her stomach. So did she ultimately do it? She ultimately did it, correct? She Go had live. to. She had no choice. She was going to die. Let me ask you about Wendy Wendy Williams, the Wendy w- Williams rant. D- d- so yeah. you think that that was that Stern was going too far? Because I listened to it and I was like, it to me it was like, oh, this this doesn't sound like when people often criticize Stern, um, it doesn't sound like like what you think. Like he he sounded like he was going full force, scorched earth into her, and I thought it was actually a pretty good rant. Other than I mean, he's calling her a cunt, obviously. So I, I can see where they took it down. I think he made also that she she pees standing up, so I could see how folks in the transgender community could have a problem with it. But I mean, did you think that that was out of character for the old Stern? I fi- I figured somebody like you would 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 like that rant. Am I am I wrong? Okay, I think that it was. It was retaliation for the last time she was on the show where she basically said the same thing she said on her show, that he was Hollywood, you know, all he cares about is his friends that are, you know, super wealthy or super important now. You know, you don't care about the little people that were there for you when you were on your way up. And really, you're that guy. And she really, she she kind of tore into him. You, you almost would have thought she read off for him, I swear to God. Like some of the shit she was saying about is that even his real hair. I mean, she really, she really skewered him. So I kind of feel like the rant he went on was just getting back at her for that. Because what she said on her show was completely benign. You know, it's just like, yeah. you know, Howard's gone a little Hollywood and he just, he used that as an excuse to just oh, rip into her. Very thin-skinned. Very thin. He is very thin skinned. He uh, he he uh, he blocked me on Twitter for I think it was like the silliest thing I said. I can't even remember what it was anymore. That's how silly it was. And him and Ralph blocked me the same day. I remember a bit. One of my favorite bits that they did back when Billy West was on was when they did a bit when Raymond Burr died. And that Raymond Burr was coming back as a ghost talking to Richard Benvenides, who was trying to inherit the wine farm. (laughs) <laughs> and they're doing whole bits about Raymond Burr putting putting marshmallows in his ass and using a Bunsen burner on a camping trip. That's far worse than anything that he did with Wendy Williams. 
absolutely it never would i agree fly today <laughs> it would never fly today and and notice i don't know if you know the caller whose name is tommy from malden no okay so big boston guy he um he really loves to say the N-word. And Howard used to use him almost as a foil to be able to say the N-word because he no longer can say it. And so he he now uses other people to say the N-word or her play, play music that has the N-word in it. Like he, he gets away with it because it's in the face of comedy and he's not necessarily doing it himself. So for him to do this cunt rant was... I mean, and I didn't even listen to the show that day, and I wound up getting like four or five PMs from different people saying, "Holy shit, did you just hear the rant that he did?" So I went back onto Sirius to do the replay, and I'm like, "It's gone, guys! It's not there. It just yeah, I, went away." I had the, I had the, I had a three month subscription there through the app, which the app is fantastic to have because you can go back with all the on demand. And yeah, I noticed gone. We'll go to news, gone. and that's the end of the show gone and so one of the boys sent it to me and i swear to god i spent two hours sitting there transcribing the entire thing because we knew he would never play it again and nobody would ever be able to hear it again and so we wanted we wanted it to be kind of okay this is what he said but again totally gets a pass totally gets a pass on saying something about a woman who's clearly has issues who clearly is so fucked up beyond like repair at this moment fragile as can possibly be you know and it was just he just tore her a new asshole and yeah it is like the old one as a matter of fact he just sent like a dozen roses to kathy lee gifford basically apologizing for being such a dick to her for years God. years and years he and wished years. her he son living. He, he swore her son was such a fag that he would probably <laughs> die of AIDS when he turned 18. He like said he that? was. He said that on Oh air. my God, yeah. yeah He's back in so, the 90s. He was right. so evil. Wow. So evil. Wow. On radio. And that's why I, I laugh at, at, at how silly getting rid of a guy that is so popular in Boston yeah. and that you guys like legit love mm -hmm. could possibly happen. That's incredible. Yeah, Kirk. When Kirk you had talked him about on air doing that. Kirk has talked about listening to BCN when he was younger and just sitting in the car. When BCN played Stern at night, they played him from seven to midnight and Kirk would just go out in his car and just sit and listen to the show for hours. That's what I used to do in the morning. I'd sit there and not get out of the car. The, the old Stern, Monique, if, if, if you were to fast forward him in time and plop him into today, how long would he last on regular, you know, regular syndicated radio? You know, terrestrial radio for him probably would not have been the correct outlet. Like he, I, I feel like he would almost be Alex Jones meets, uh, God, I don't even know. I think, I think the outrage. Alex Jones beats, meets uh, Barstool Sports sort of thing. I love it. Okay, yeah. perfect, perfect analogy. So I, I kind of feel like that whole thing, like he tapped into something that wasn't happening. He loved talking about lesbians. He loved, you know, talking to women on air about their sexual exploits. And you know what? Men ate it up. Mm -hmm. You know, that demographic, that That was my man, least favorite part of the show. What I always Me loved, too. <laughs> my favorite part of the show was, Speak for yourself. he's laughing here because I've told him I've never been to a strip bar. I'm 43 and yeah. I've never been to 
into a Jesus. strip bar. We have a segment on our show that's all about <laughs> strip club reviews, and this guy's never been to a strip club. Yeah, we got. How degenerate. is it that you have not done a live show from a strip bar at this uh, point? I, well, that's coming. Just wait. So okay. my favorite thing is it was like the Super Bowl for me was the day after the Oscars when they would do the whole Oscar recap show. That was the greatest thing in the '90s ever. Of when he would just take down every goddamn phony. And all those goddamn phonies are now his friends. I would actually love a show like that. That sounds incredible. Just ripping all the celebrities. That'd be great. He would say, you know. Oh, my God. We do love that, actually. I just I just got a I just got a URL called fashionassholes.com. And we, you know, because I, I was I was, you know, practically born into the fashion industry. And I love that shit. And we we do that on our forum as well. We'll post pictures and then just rip them a new asshole. And yeah, I agree with you. I love that. Now all you can talk about is like, um, he did this whole th- weird, really weird thing on Millie Bobby Brown, who's only 14 years old. Oh. And so, so he would make believe that he was her agent and that he couldn't wait until she finally got titties so that he could really, <gasps> you know, get her, get her like really good jobs. Like, um, like what's her face from Game of Thrones? I mean, and we, you know, we, we in the Twitterverse were like, holy shit, People Magazine, how is it that you are not picking up on this fucking shit? How is it that it is okay and he gets a pass once again on talking about a 14-year-old's fucking tits? Like, well, why is this okay? He's become a left winger now, too. He never was <laughs> well, that before. Well, that's the thing is that if you're part of that, that elite, that, 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 the, 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 if the thought police kind of agree with you and have accepted you as one of their own, then you're part of that, uh, you know, you're part of that side of the aisle. You can kind of get away with a lot. I mean, Kirk is a, a Kirk touts himself as a, as a libertarian. He's kind of a free thinker and he, he calls out, you know, some folks uh, on the left on their bullshit. I don't know your political uh, leanings, but I mean, that has played a massive role in getting Kirk off the air. Uh, but Howard is cl- sure. cl- Howard's clearly accepted within that community. I mean, like he's How, yeah, he is classically called the limousine liberal. Like mm-hmm. he, that would be the only name you could use for him. Although weirdly, if you recall, you may not know this, but um, right when Trump decided he was going to run for president, and he came down those stupid fucking gold escalator, <laughs> all the Trump interviews that were on YouTube. Pulled were completely scrubbed. Can you, right? can you so, have you listened to them? So can you tell me what they talked about because people really want 100%. to 100%. So I here's remember the thing about some of these. Here's the thing about it and I think this is the reason that Trump actually and this might be the and, you know I'm speculating at this point but I think the reason that Trump never and you would think Trump would call into his show. You know he's running for president, he's he's getting as much publicity as he humanly can. Why wouldn't he go on his show, right? Um, I think what happened was that Howard was the one to release those tapes to the media. He got them scrubbed from the, no from YouTube shit. so that he could be responsible, so that he would get some notoriety from being the one where, you know, listen, Trump always talked about how when he ran the Miss Universe pageant and the Miss America pageant and whatever, Miss, U- Miss Teen USA, he had no problem going backstage and seeing all the girls like dressing and undressing. Like he loved talking about shit like that. He loved it. I remember when I first started in the business, uh, one of the girls who worked with us was a PR girl. And, um, you know, we would have all the modeling books. So basically like Elite, Casablanca's, Ford, those are like the big modeling agencies. And so they would have these books. They were kind of like hardcover, almost like coffee table books. They were the hardcover books and you could flip through them and see all the models, their st- statistics, the covers they've been on, if they did a Vogue shoot, who photographed them, everything. 
And um, it was known, it was always known that Trump would get the books, as they're called, and he would just flip through them, you know, and just pick whoever, when he was married, always when he was married, mm-hmm. and just pick through whoever he wanted, you know. And wow. so one time we were sitting there, and I think Marla was with Elle or something, and so the girl I worked with went to the page of Marla Maples, and she's like, this, guy, this girl is fucking Trump now. He picked her out of this book. And he's fucking her now. So you're lying. And no, shut up, Jerry. Come on. <laughs> so she happened to get pregnant. And uh, I have a great podcast we did with AJ Benza where she, uh, AJ was down at uh, Mar-a-Lago and, um, and Marla was there and he saw her on the beach, basically like fucking her bodyguard. And he's like, dude, you're okay with that? He's like, yeah, she can do whatever the fuck she wants. I don't care. And then, of course, she winds up getting pregnant. And, of course, they have to get married. And there comes that, you know, weird-looking one. And so that's <laughs> the way he's always rolled. And so he used to talk about shit like this all the time on the show. Because you know what? Any publicity for Trump was good publicity. Any of it. I remember when is. Howard got livid because he invited Imus to his wedding or something happened where he called into Imus after the wedding and he didn't call into Howard. And, and which Howard wedding living. uh the the latest one the uh melania oh i feel like howard was invited to the melania wedding and i feel like trump was at his wedding <clears throat> i'm wrong. not sure i just remember him ripping on imus at that point Somehow it might have been imus wedding number two i don't i don't know enough you know any of these old anger issues that he had he's trying to make amends it's kind of like a you know 12-step program of making amends to people that you wish cancer on your entire life he didn't with imus you know? he trashed imus at the end oh my god and imus got back at him too you know imus's last words on air were something like you know and all those you know wannabes who who think that they're me and always tried to be me and you know, just just look at who who I was, and I can walk out of here proud of what I've done. There are still videos online of them doing stuff together. Didn't seem like a lot of hate on Howard's end. No, I don't think there was actually, but it was it was good fodder. I mean, I feel like a lot of what Howard has done—the anger issues, the getting back at DJs from you know different cities, the burying them, you know, spitting on their graves and all that shit—you know—it's all just it was all just. It was just feeding us listeners the delicious, delicious red meat that we wanted from him. He gave us what we wanted. He did. He gave us what he, we wanted, and then he basically became this castrated AGT, you know, you kids are beautiful, you almost make me want to cry, your your voices are so brilliant. I and tuned like, into AGT fuck are you? to see him. I'm like, okay, this is going to be like Simon Cowell, all of the stuff that he no. talked about with... Uh, American Idol is going to be that. And then I heard him just like sucking on someone's ass and I flipped the channel. Oh, horrible. Like, oh my God, what happened? So What happened? I, I get that claim of Howard being PC on AGT, obviously. Um, I, I, I did, I looked back on, on some of the stuff that Howard's done recently. So, I mean, some of the things like... Uh, like he talks about like pornography and like incest porn, and then I, I somebody that he like somebody's drinking a beer up his ass a couple weeks ago. Hey. So I mean, like, so is, is what is your what is your like? Are you just saying that those bits are like forced? Because I mean, those aren't necessarily PC. Is your claim that just they're like forced these bits, and like he's just trying to play a character now? I feel like the bits that the back office comes up with. Now remember, he only does 112 shows a year. Yeah, I wish I could get that schedule. Three days a week, four hours a day, yeah. right? 
Yeah, he's not even so, rolling now till 11, 11.30 anymore. He's very into the numerology, by the way. 112 shows, 12 hours a week. You know, his birthday's the 12th. He's very into that whole what thing. A psychopath. His company is called 112 Productions, etc. So he has 70 people working for, in the back. For a three-hour, for a, for a three-day for week show. fucking show. One week on, two weeks off, basically, too. Uh, basically, that's exactly right. 70 people. How is that possible? How is that possible, you ask yourself? Exactly. But now they have the new component on Sirius where there's video. Um, But the other day it was uh, Bruce Hornsby from like 2006. And I'm like, wait, who? Who fucking cares? Like, how, how is this relevant to us? And Sirius actually has all of his all of his tapes and everything he's done for two years maybe three years after he retires if if and when he retires that was going to be one of my questions for you how likely do you think it'll be that he actually is going to retire in 2020 <clears throat> i don't know his ego may force 67. him to not do that he you know the guy who owns um or runs netflix loves him you know there's there's a there's a real interesting, curious grouping of people that are in like their mid forties who have made it in 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 Hollywood who love him. You know, they just adore him. Gim- Jimmy Kimmel kisses his ass. This guy from Netflix constantly will send him like whatever's the latest so that he can watch it. You know, always promoting, promoting. But Not so yet- Jackson works there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Talk about nepotism, right? So he um. I think that he would love to have something where he did, although Letterman already did it, I feel like he would love to have something where he just did something on his own terms, uh, known as the world's greatest interviewer. But who wouldn't be a great interviewer when you have an hour, sometimes an hour and a half to kill with somebody? You know, every other show that's out there, you have like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. So he only gets guests who say, yes, I can spend an hour with Howard. And Anybody they have, else? He they have just Richard refuses. in the back. They have Sal. They have Fred writing all those questions. I think that's lines. what's always interested me is that when I found out that he didn't write his own jokes and, yeah. and, and I mean, that, that kind of, because to, to me that kind of broke the fourth wall. So I'm like, oh, okay, wait a minute. Like, I mean, could, could you imagine DEC if like we found out that like all of Kirk, like Kirk's, you know, impressions and his jokes and, and Sporty R. McKenzie was all some that Chris Curtis wrote that for him. I mean, we would be like, "What the fuck?" That it's we'll get past that. Yeah, that that takes a little <laughs> bit of the fun out of it. Um, and, and let me. I'm also curious about this. Did you did you ever were you ever associated with this with Stern? Did you ever try and get on the show? Were you a caller? How how did you even get yeah. involved in this universe? No, I've never called. I've never even attempted to call. I, you know, I've I've. Uh, I've seen Beth in person a couple of times because, you know, she used to shop at a lot of stores. I, I only live about six blocks from them. So I, um, you know, I, I, I live on the west side, mm-hmm. kind of in that world. I've always been a listener. Hey, my friends. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just getting over a cold. So pardon me. Um, and so I I originally went on this website so that I could see about Howard's photography and how he used to do in Photoshop and stuff like that. And people used to skewer his, you know, scary talents in, in Photoshopping. And it's part of what I did for a living, you know, working on Illustrator and Photoshop and stuff like that. So it was intriguing. And because my businesses were very seasonal businesses, at some point I was like, you know what, let's do a show about this. Let's put on a show and let's do something, you know, that'll be fun for 
the people that were on this forum and you know it'd be interesting for us to listen to and basically it's me and this girl named grace who would get completely shit-faced you know working off of um oh, mics like that guests. you use <laughs> working off mics that we would use for like your xbox right and just doing a stupid ass show and it just slowly migrated itself into something that people actually wanted to hear. And that doesn't mean that people don't say to me every day, oh, my God, your show fucking sucks balls so hard. I don't even know why I listen to it. <laughs> and yet they will then make comments on like 14 more shows. Mm. And it's like, OK, so I guess you're not going to listen. Thanks. We you got know? this one guy. Uh, he's the guy with the mayonnaise jar, right? A&D. Yeah. He's mayonnaise always jar. doing that. Yeah, his, his avatar is a mayonnaise jar. And, and he's always throwing shade at us. But he knows everything about every show. And he, he's, he's to the point that this guy, first of all, I appreciate the guy. I love the guy. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a P1 listener. He's to the point that he now picks up on my verbal tics. So <laughs> I, I have a thing where I, when I talk about barstool sports, I always some, somehow say barstools. Like I like plural stools, and he said he goes he goes he said to me today he tweeted at me saying John he's like I'm gonna find your other because I I said that I had other parody accounts on Twitter he's like I'm gonna find your other parody accounts I'm going to search them by misuse of the word literally and and using bar st- <laughs> and using and using bar stools instead of bar stool sports so. Uh, so good. Uh, people are scary, uh, my friend. He, people are fucking scary. The fact that he picked up on something that I, I went back and listened, I'm like, holy shit, I do say that. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't really listen I, to what you're saying, so I've never picked that. Yeah, that's you just tuned me out. You're a cl- this yep. is he's a classic news and TV guy. He just he doesn't even like like to like to have a conversation. He just waits for his turn to talk. He's not even listening, right? That's exactly. <laughs> I'm looking at the soundboard. I'm like typical okay, TV guy. Typical. <laughs> this, is, this is this is this is what it's like working with a big shot. If you can't tell, maggot. If you can't tell. <laughs> If you can't tell, DEC has a sultry. He's he's a he's a radio and TV professional. I mean, he actually is a guy that's trained broadcaster. I'm a fucking you know psycho. I'm a, I'm a, you know. C100. Is that is that your? It was that your old? Uh, no, your my God, grounds? I wish I could say I worked for Z100. No, no, no. <laughs> Wait, did no, you ever? No, did no. you ever work in in New York radio? No, I, I was an intern at WPLJ back in the nineties. That's the closest I got. I worked in Hartford. Oh, that's radio. fun. And then he did yeah, traffic and uh, traffic and weather updates. I got in an elevator once with <laughs> Scott Shannon, and what what a what a story that was. This guy, he gets in there, pinched your ass. He what's that? He pinched your ass. <laughs> Just no, <laughs> he's just a, he was a weird guy. He kind of looks like Imus. He gets in there. He's got this voice and he is talking to us and he puts his face on the buttons and he just continues to talk out of the side of his face about the <laughs> listeners. And, oh, God, you know, we all do this for the listeners and we thank you for everything that you do. And his face is up against and, and the guy I'm with is looking down because we're both going to laugh. And he he hasn't stopped his radio personality and he lifts his face up and like uh, the three lines of buttons are pressed against his face and he just rolls away. <laughs> and apparently the time that Shannon was in Los Angeles, he was like getting help for drugs or something, allegedly, in my opinion. And that all as we heard was that he was really, really burnt out. Like he was got sober, but was incredibly fried and burnt. And we kind of saw that. It was it was the strangest thing. Well, you know the classic story about Howard and how um, it's a classic Opie bit. I, I'm almost sure that it's one of the reasons he got let go from Sirius. But um, where Opie and uh, one of his cohorts uh, filmed 
the locked it's called lockdown it's a classic video on youtube so what it is is i heard they're, him they're talk waiting. about this with when he had jackie and john uh, on the opie podcast okay so here's the way it worked out so the way Sirius is, and I've been up there a ton of times because I always go up there whenever Bennington is having like a great interview because I love him. I think he's an amazing interviewer. And so I'll go up to Sirius and, you know, scope things out and do like a little picture thread for everybody on the forum and whatever. They love that shit. So I, um, so, the, so they're at the doors and the doors are guarded by two guards, two security guards, because they're not allowed to get into the building until Howard has walked past and gone into his lair. Like, oh it's God. just shut down. It's called lockdown. It's a classic, classic video. And so they waited. And then all of a sudden, you see little Ronnie Mund, who maybe comes up to my shoulders, mm. little Ronnie Mund. And then you see Howard. And then, because, you know, Howard has, I think, we call them SEAL Team Sex. But he has a good four or five bodyguards that are with him on a constant basis. He also has a concealed carry. So I always firmly believe that he carries a gun with him on a constant basis. That's my thought. I would Any see case. on AGT where he had Ronnie with him in every segment. Every everything, yeah. He's very insecure. He's very scared for his life. He's a like a paranoid old Jewish lady. It's really weird to me. And so, so he walks past, and they were like, "Holy shit! I cannot believe they fucking locked this place down, just so that he could come back and forth." And that's what they do. And nobody's allowed to pass. Nobody's allowed to go to the bathroom. I mean, you just can't get in the fucking uh, the office space. Nobody walks in the hallway when he's on the air. <laughs> Nobody walks in the hallway. No, nobody walks in the hallway when he's leaving or when he comes in and comes in. So it's a kind of weird, bizarre thing that goes on with Howard and his his elitism and his hubris. It will be will be the downfall. I can't imagine what kind of dick wouldn't let somebody walk and like like would, would be so bothered walking in, in the hallway with somebody walking past them and they've got to. They're so their afraid eyes. that they're going to talk to. They're so afraid. Right. They're gonna talk I mean, to what him. kind of asshole would even like think <laughs> about that? We're, we're, this is that kind of asshole. This is funny for us because Kirk does the exact same thing. The, no, he does not. I swear to God, well, not to that level. No, he he he. Oh, come on. He, he would once. There, there's a classic drop of of Minahan where he literally screams. Nobody walks in the hall way when I'm on the air and he's screaming at the top of his lungs because some poor intern is walking by. In Kirk's defense, Dino was still there. So I mean, I'm sure he was irritated. Oh, look, you guys are so cute. Look at how you look at how you defend your boy. <laughs> right. He's our guy. All I can do is rip Howard a new asshole and you guys are like, yeah, but to be fair, you know, he really shouldn't be walking past him at that moment. Well, get past that. I, I think that Kirk especially with this new venture, if they try and, if, if Entercom gets its head out of its ass and actually gives him some some promotional dollars and some advertising, and actually gives me instead of instead of hearing fucking uh oh uh and and on the today's episode of the deceptively fast podcast and all these other stupid radio.com promos, if they gave me some Minifan sh- or Minahan show, not Minifan show, Minahan show <laughs> promos, I mean the show could take off because Kirk, if you put Kirk twenty years ago into talk radio, I mean DEC, he'd be he'd be right up there with Opie and Anthony and Stern. Yeah, he would. He definitely so. Would. Okay, so with that said, you know, you look at people like Joe Rogan or, mm. <clears throat> you, know, you know, people who have gone out Mark on their Marin. own and really can do this shit. 
You know, I mean, granted, obviously, he needs to extend himself out of the little, you know, Boston bubble. Yep. But if he has that talent and he, you know, if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. I think that's just the way it works. So I, I think the big thing for internet on the radio on the internet is there's got to be some easy way to do it in your car. Podcasts are very easy. People know how to go to the podcast app. For whatever reason, people aren't as easy to dig through something like a radio.com app. But if there's something with CarPlay that you could just, okay, I can press that button and the app is going to play a radio show. That's that's ball game right there. I think that'll happen when. Um, so what'll happen? I think is is that cars probably in the next two three years, right? We'll all have Wi-Fi. So your your need will just be to hook up kind of like you do on an airplane. You know, you'll just hook up to your Wi-Fi. Maybe that's what you subscribe to. You know, maybe that's what you pay nine ninety nine a month for is to subscribe to your Wi-Fi while you're in the car. And that gives you access to everything you do from your iTunes to your, you know, podcast. And yes, there are a lot of podcasts that are super difficult to find on. I mean, you know, I looked at this radio.com because somebody linked me to the Stuttering John one. And I'm like, uh, this is way too confusing for me. I don't. I don't even want to look at what's going on. Why is it so hard to not, you know, like me, I'm on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and my own channel. And a story. You know, it's like, it's not that, it's not that hard to kind of be accessible. And so everybody else picks up the RSS feed. So I'm on pretty much every podcast thing. So whatever it is, even though I don't pay them to be there, I'm there simply because I'm part of that, that world. So it's, it's not that hard to kind of do Intercom's Without being part of a group. And going to look at what does. iHeart's got a very good app, very easy to go through. And they have excellent podcasts on there. Really? See, that's the thing. You know, Tim Sabian, who works for Westwood One, he, you know, he's constantly looking for, for, for people to, to do podcasts for, for Westwood. And, you know, I mean, we've all had that discussion. It's like, well, what if you can do this like three times a week and not have to worry about editing it or, you know, who's advertising on it or, you know, anything other than just, you know, talking. That's the other thing with Howard is he just rips on podcasts and podcasters. It's not real radio. You need to go to Dubuque first, and then you need to go to yeah, Springfield. Fuck that noise. Not anymore. Albany. Not anymore. Yeah. It's, this is what the Medicare man says, though. What does he know? He's an old, he's yeah, a, old guy shouts at clouds. I mean, now with the way that radio, exactly. the, with, the, with the way that new media is, I mean, look, a guy like Joe Rogan is a guy that, he's the fucking fear factor host and, and, and a decent, I mean, okay stand-up comedian. I mean, he's not right. he's not my cup of tea. but, but news radio. Yeah, but his his podcast is incredible. And he just decided, you know what, fuck it. And, and if you go back all the way six uh, six years ago when he started his podcast, it's horrible. It's. I mean, it's horrible. It's, it's on. It's on par with the audio quality of Radio Gunk. Um, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, uh, all love, all love, all love. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, but he he. It's him like live streaming on YouTube with like a shaky camera, and 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 you know, I'm not even sure if producer Jamie was with him at that time. But now, now he's part, He's the new Tonight Show. Like if you're if you yeah. if you're you got yeah. Elon Musk on there if you if you have something to promote he's part of the rotation that your publicist is going to set you on it's it's incredible right and Joe Rogan hates Howard so it's going to be very interesting to see who Howard is actually promoting this book with oh and he's already made the the point that he's not going to go out to L A so he's not doing Kimmel's show unless Kimmel wants to come to him then I'll be more than happy to have the interview he's only going to do it with the New York people. 
He, he's, you know, he only wants to pick one or two of the morning shows to do because it's really too much trouble to do all of this, uh, all of this promotion. The publisher. Oh my yes. god, I would be dying, dying. So the book started at thirty five dollars. It's now down to twenty one dollars. Last we checked, it's number fifty because he was so proud that it was number one on Amazon for a day. But that was only for a day, exactly. And then it dropped right below the wonky donkey, which Marianne makes us fucking can only laugh. buy so many books at one time. Oh, go fuck yourself with that one, too. She's <laughs> such a cunt. I can't stand her. Um, I'm looking online. According to uh, some Q&A thing, um, it's somewhere between 30 and $50 million in 2018. That's that's incredible. That's incredible. Between 30 and $50 so million. So 30 to $50 million from a podcast? That You're, you're, you're kidding me. It's, it's, think about it. It's a, think about how insane that is. Let's look, right. at, let's look at the wrestling podcast. So if you really want oh some God, numbers, you're you always to love this oh, wrestling Jesus podcast. Christ. Jesus. But it's true. Let me you tell know you what? something, brother. He's booger eating. But Conrad Thompson is a guy who is doing a pod. He's doing three podcasts. One of them is with Westwood One. And he gets something like 500,000 downloads a week. The guy What's sells Conrad Thompson. He he okay. does a show with Bruce Pritchard, who was Brother Love, mm-hmm. and they just reminisce about old wrestling. And these things do like a hundred to five hundred thousand downloads wow. a week. Oh, and you know what? Tim just sent me a picture um, from WrestleMania on Sunday with this guy, some bearded big, guy, Jim that's Conrad. If it's a big oh, fat guy, he, it's Conrad. Yeah, he looks like Chef uh, Prudhomme from Yeah, from, that's Conrad, uh, New Orleans. <laughs> Yeah, he sent me a... I was like, who the fuck is this that's guy? That's pretty cool. He's a, He's a superstar in the podcast world. He sells mortgages. Really? That's his, See, he, he sells mortgages down in Birmingham, Alabama. I think it's Huntsville. Huntsville, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And he got to be friends with Bruce. Somehow he got to be friends with Ric Flair and then married Ric Flair's daughter. And Amazing. found himself into these podcasts. And he does these monster podcasts with uh, with Bruce, with with Eric Bischoff, with Tony Schiavone, and these wrestling nostalgia podcasts are huge money. Go look at the iTunes chart; they're they're all the way up there. Sure, I'm blown away by this. I know that Tim signed him, and I didn't know who he was, and you know, it was this whole crew of these guys who I'm sure you'd probably mm-hmm. recognize. And I'm like, I don't know who a single human being is in this picture you just sent me, except for you. <laughs> in in the old days, in the '90s, early part of the 2000s, there'd be no avenue for this. But if you've got a little bit of talent and you've got a good Wi-Fi connection, unlike uh, the douchebag and a niche. That- and a niche, yeah. a niche. The douchebag you know, producer I, I, that Kirk had didn't have a good uh, Wi-Fi connection. But if you've got a niche, you got a computer, and you got a USB mic, you're on equal footing with the big boys. Right. And you know what the interesting thing is? Like, we've had this conversation before. I've had it with a few different people. Like, I I had talked to one of the, you know, like, a CFO or somebody very, very senior at Twitch one time and you know we we all have these conversations about like the future of podcasting and you know I've been doing it for three years so I'm like an old timer in it practically yeah that is and a long time for for podcasting I yeah know. most people are done <clears throat> after six episodes so yeah they're pretty good there well that's exactly right so you know what when it stops being fun I'll stop doing it truly and so we talked about the fact that when I started talking about well I do a podcast nine out of ten people ten out of ten people would be like what's a podcast right. And so now as I'm doing it more often or or for a longer period of time and I say I do a podcast, ah, five out of 10 people will be like, really, who are you with? You know, are you with iTunes or whatever? Or how do I find you? 
but what I'm what they're missing, what the world of podcasting is missing, is is in fact in Howard's demographic is that like sixty five to like eighty year old person who really has a fucking smartphone? They don't even know how to fucking text. Mm-hmm. You know, I literally have to like reset my mother's phone every twelve days. But they. They, if you could tap into like that older person, I got the plan, and that younger person because they don't give a fuck about podcasts either. Yeah, like seriously, podcasting is really popular with. It's not so much popular with college students, but people right out of college. Like when I was, exactly. when I was, you know, like you know, I used to, uh, you know, I, my my brothers are, are in college right now. They don't listen to podcasts, but my friends who are in their mid to late twenties all love podcasts. Uh, you know, in their thirties, forties, all my, even, but my my dad who's in his fifties is now just starting to be introduced into the world of podcasting just starting exactly so it's a slow thing so but it's a... finally catching up to him i was but listening those to are these the things in 2006 although it was different i was listening to like these nerd things about yeah. how to clean your mac and that type here's of stuff. what but it was... is here's what it is you need to get the gold ira people the retirement account the gold ira retirement accounts to be your sponsor oh all the because that anything that advertises on Fox News, get them to be your sponsor in your podcast, and the sixty-five to seventy-five demographic, they're gonna they're gonna follow along with it because those people love that, that yeah, and foreclosure what we, what relief services. What are we talking services. about? Fucking incontinence? I mean, what are we? <laughs> what do you discuss with these fucking people? The only thing I could think of, and I only know this from like what I went through with my mother and everything, is the whole thing about like Medicare is so fucked to figure out. Like for all these older, so complicated. I couldn't even do it. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up! I never know if it's you or them talking. You fuckface. So <laughs> can, can I? Can I? He's 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 as good as uh, on the drops as um. Who's the guy? The stern drop guy. The, the Fred, Fred used to be good. Fred Fred, Fred is my hero. He's, Fred, I love Fred Norris. He's pretty good on the drops. So you got to give it to him. He's pretty good. DEC is pretty good on the drops. Um, he used to be, and now most of his drops, like you know, he never even plays the Mexican chicken dance when somebody Spanish no, no, is on no, the no, phone. No, no. I mean, you can't do that anymore. You can't do it's that a anymore. Offensive. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sad. Exne on it's the exacane. Yeah, Kirk no had a producer, this guy Ken, who was, as far as I was concerned, in Fred's league, where he would just—that was part of the old show that was great. As Ken would just have all of these drops. And he was about as good as Fred in his old days. Although what impressed me about Fred is that Fred used to do this with carts. So it wasn't a computer where he's hitting a button. I mean, he's right. like grabbing he was so a so quick cart, on the trigger. Throwing right. it in Are there you kidding me? That's how they had to do it? Yes. Yes. That's you, fucking insanity. Pictures. You would see pictures of like these stacks of carts all over the place. And he'd be whipping with one hand, grabbing the cart, sticking it in the cart deck. Immediately. And the button. Immediate reaction. It. That's incredible. But he doesn't do it anymore. No, and he no. was, and he Honestly. was also one of the writers. It was just him and Jackie, mm. like literally taking like paper airplanes and throwing it in front of Howard. That mm. was the whole writing system. That's exactly right. And you know, it's funny when we went to Jackie's house. You know, we did a podcast mm-hmm. from there. So we ah. drove out to Long Island. Oh my God, he has the most beautiful house. You can't even imagine. Absolutely stunning. So down in his basement, which is really like mm. the you know <laughs> Dr. Caligari's house of fucking horrors, and Olio it's all located all the Jackie shit, like all the, and so he has like this big box of just 
jokes and he would just write them really really quickly for Howard and he would crumple up the piece of paper and throw it across the room and that's how that's how quickly Howard was able to respond to something and whenever you heard Jackie laugh right about the point where you heard Howard laugh you knew that it was Jackie who wrote it now he's got that ham-faced fat fuck Benji in the back who you know writes jokes for him and it's on the screen you know so he's constantly looking at his screen whenever you hear like a reference from like the 90s or the 2000s it's pretty much benji because howard has no point of reference for things you know past 1975 none i just want you to know i'm just gonna throw out there that one of my cousins uh, my in my family was joe tory and Get oh, out. such fucking really? horrible yankee fans nobody in my family was a yankee fan nobody wow. we were all mets just so you know that's so I I, I, <laughs> I don't even know what to, where to go from there because that's I mean I, I know Joe, Joe Tory, I mean <laughs> hey but one thing I feel like DC we, we got to ask her about this mm-hmm. what the hell happened with Scott the engineer because this is something that you guys have talked about then I've I've also had people send me tweets of him saying that you know there's a tweet from Scott saying that oh well well Howard still supports me or something I can pull up the exact tweet yeah, for he you supports me from a floor above me. Yeah, I mean, what exactly? What did what did he say? Something like something like so, that. So before we go into that, Scott the engineer is the author of my favorite all time Howard Stern bit. There's nothing. There is nothing that made me laugh more in my life when Scott agreed to take anal from a guy from two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It is the yes. greatest bit ever. And go on YouTube right now, no matter where you are, and look up Scott the engineer anal. It's the greatest not thing only, I've ever heard. Not only anal. It was anal from I think the porn star's name was Mandingo or something. Oh my god! Like a guy with a Michael giant J. Cox or something like that. A gigantic Lexington cock. Steel. Lexington Steel. That's it. <laughs> Mandingo. <laughs> I don't know yes. where you got Mandingo from, but <laughs> I have no idea. Fun. I don't know what I've been somebody, watching. Somebody, on your somebody, somebody, I have, somebody check your, your search history. I have agreed that I'm going to take exactly. anal, <laughs> and it's going to be a giant stadium. So here's the thing. So Scott. Scott has always been like the saddest human being known to mankind. He doesn't get paid the most money. He's, you know, he's an engineer there, but he doesn't necessarily only work for the uh, Stern Show anymore. He's an engineer at Sirius. So he works for other programs as well. So um, Scott kind of got a little marginalized at some point because he really is a black cloud. He just, nothing he says is exciting. Nothing he does is inspiring. And he was very depressing. So one day... On Twitter, he announces that he has a GoFundMe for his wife, Robin, who is dying of cancer. And he needed money because apparently health insurance wasn't covering everything it needed to. And I think he was asking for about $50,000. So I had immediately seen it on Twitter and I posted it. back up a second. Scott has been with Stern probably since he got to K-Rock. Probably mid-80s. A long, a long long time. Long time employee, long time employee. So, uh, so he puts up this thing, and everybody is like, "Holy shit! How come Howard's not giving him the money for this? Like, this is an easy fix. This is an easy thing for you know, not asking other people to do it, but to just, you know, have somebody as benevolent as your boss to do it for you." But yet nothing was forthcoming. And so we all contributed and tons of people online and then already got wind of it. And he was doing shows with Bob Levy and um, Stuttering John, all of them. Like the whole crew was like, holy fuck, how is it that Howard's not contributing to this? So Scott well exceeds the $50,000 because Artie did a benefit show for him and, um, and raised a shit ton of money as well. Cut to a month later. 
month and a half later, Robin dies. And it was around that point where I was told that Artie said, hey, I could really use that money, you know, that I was going to give you from the comedy show that we did as a benefit for you. So if the way the story actually now has worked itself out was kind of more of, if you don't mind, I'm going to hold on to that money. And plus, yeah, she's dead already. So, so it was like a whole shit show like that. And, um, and so Stuttering John went on his podcast. No, first he came on ours and we really dished his shit badly. And, uh, then he went on his own podcast and said, yeah, Scott told me that, um, you know, Howard didn't do anything for him. And then, so I know, I know, you know, Howard had actually a gay cousin who died of cancer who had a GoFundMe and Howard never gave them a dime either. Well, it wasn't and, like it was uh, a distant cousin. He went to his wedding. There's pictures of him yes. and Beth at his wedding. But he's got the yeah. money. Didn't didn't Howard later say that he was going to donate once once she passed away that he's going to donate to a charity in her never honor? Never mentioned a word about it. Are you talking about Are you talking about Scott Salem's wife? Um, never mentioned Scott Salem's wife at wow. all ever on the radio okay. ever. Yeah. And and Jason from the back uh, donated. Mamet donated. Benji donated, but nobody ever said a word about it on air. Like for some bizarre reason, he didn't want to give him the publicity. It was all, all, all it took was Howard saying one word about it, and people would have just flooded Scott yes, he didn't with even money have for to his give wife. Money, he could just say Scott, Scott, Scott has exactly a, right. has, is going through a really hard time. His wife is sick. Let's support Scott. That's, That's it. Right. Period. A two minute, a, a less than minute thing. A three thousand two hundred and twenty dollar minute. He could have supported Scott and taken care of him and all of his financial ills. As much of a sad sack as Scott was, just for the, I'm going to receive anal for 250K and the push-up challenge, for those two <laughs> things, those are just radio gold. Absolutely. If he's contributed nothing else, he's worth that. And what I heard is he, he went up to Howard and said, can I talk to you? And Howard said, you know, you're not allowed to talk to me, Scott. Yeah, I'm probably sure it didn't go down that way. I don't think that, I think Scott is too proud to have actually done that. I, I do. I believe that Scott is too proud to do that. Now, last time I was up at Sirius, you know, even though I was told that Scott doesn't necessarily work for the Stern Show anymore, I saw all the boys going into a meeting, like the entire crew. It was a Thursday, so Howard wasn't there. And they all went upstairs because, you know, I was in the fish bubble that's downstairs. And they were all going into a meeting, Scott included. So I think he's still part of their team. I just don't know necessarily that he... Um, that he just works exclusively for the Stern Show anymore. I don't know. But either way, we all ripped it a new asshole until the point that it got on Radar Online. And it was because of us. And we had pushed the, we had pushed it, pushed it, pushed it, pushed it. And, um, and it was one of the rare things that we were able to get kind of some sort of notoriety about. And we have a really great friend named Adam Levy, who is part of my forum, who writes for uh, the Daily Mail. And whenever he can mention us, he mentions us on the Daily Mail as well. So it then always boosts listenership. It always boosts, you know, members and stuff like that. So, you know, shout out to Adam. But yeah, that's uh, that's our world. That's, 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 that's who we are. We just love to hate him. And, <laughs> and it's okay. It's okay to hate him because he will never give us the... Um, the... the uh, Satisfaction. No... no 
of knowing that we exist. I mean, even, even though he's blocked you on Twitter. Now, now what would you do if, because here's the other thing that's interesting with, with Howard is that, you know, the, he, he won't mention Artie, right? I mean, and I, that I don't understand either. I mean, why, why, how are you just going, how are you going to become persona non grata, right? When you were such He scrubbed a, Artie. He scrubbed Artie from, yep, from replays. Yep, and, and that's, that's amazing. And that's, uh, yeah, that's amazing to me, especially somebody, why not, why not, you know, talk about the memory of that person, wish them, wish them well, even, you know, he's somebody that we're not going to, you know, he's too much of a liability to bring back or whatever, however you need to spin it to make it work why not do that instead of just you know putting your head in the sand and acting like that part of history never happened so what would you do if he called you and said hey i want you to come on our, my show what, what would you do what would your reaction be if he said that would you do it if he said hey i want radio oh, gunk oh. on the stern show I would 100% go on the show and and I would say I would I would I would love to come onto your show to just ask you 10 questions. That's all. 10 questions. G- give me of one. my choosing. Me, I don't know what they give are. Give me one. <laughs> Maybe one one or two of your top questions. What would, what would they be? Okay. So is it a wig? <laughs> that would be number 1. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> okay. Number 2 would be were you already seeing Beth before you actually were kicked out of your house in Long Island? That was on my list uh, of questions. That Steve number uh, three yeah. probably would be something like you know why is it that um, Artie and and Stuttering John and Grillo and everybody else are persona non grata up here, you know why is it harmful to your brand for them to be mentioned here? Um, I would also wonder why you would hire somebody as your CFO who has had seven jobs by the time she was thirty two years old. Mm. And because she was part of this really weird cult, you decided that she would be the head chopper and or the person that, you know, made shit happen. And, and sex with a couple guys on the show. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Okay, so she was fucking one guy and then she married the other one. She just had a baby. Get out. So. Can, can I ask it just to jump in here? The getting things done thing, that just sounds to me like like a, like a nagging wife, right? I mean, that's like, who who would want that? Like somebody that just says... Hey, you need to do this. No, just do it. Just do it. Like, I, I don't want that in my life. That sounds awful. Like, just like somebody bossing me around, telling me what to do all the time. Like, telling, you need to go get your car registered. Like, fuck that. I don't. I don't so want to. I've do got it. the book. I've got the book upstairs. I've read part of it. I've listened to the audio book. It's it's like Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. If you take it for right. what it is, of you you write a list. If you have to if you can get something done within two minutes just do it now it's a lot of common sense stuff that helps you be pro- productive but there are some people who take it to a cult-like status it sounds right. like why put it off till next week what you can do today and you know the interesting thing about that i follow this guy named yasher ali on twitter and mm-hmm. he wrote this entire thing about adhd adult adhd And how, you know, and I I sometimes think to myself that I do have that. Like, I will put shit off. Like, I'll think about the fact that I know I have to call the bank and I know I have to take care of something. And then I will get distracted by something else. And then all of a sudden, three hours go by and it's like, fuck, I never, I never got around to doing that. And I, I get that people do that. But I also think it's a, it's a factor of my mind is racing so constantly that I don't, I don't get things done. And I think that's what was happening there. I think, you know, that Howard and Howard's old school. Don't forget, I I am positive that when he hired her, he probably had a fucking AOL account that had 14,000 unread fucking messages. You know the way that works. You see that on the bottom of somebody's iPhone and you're like, what is wrong with you that you have so many fucking unopened emails? Like, get rid of that shit. And so I think... 
he he needed somebody like that because he was too weak to tell these people that have been with him for well over 20 years and by the way the only job most of those people have ever had in radio in their lives so all they know by by which to go by is the Howard way of doing things so he was able to to teach these people his way of doing things but in in doing that he, look Sal and Richard what do they do all day what the fuck do they do all day Monday through Friday make phony phone calls, chop up audiobooks into, you know, complete sentences. What do they do all fucking day? You know, and it makes you wonder what do the rest of the, you know, 60 people, people that are back there do when when he's not around? What the fuck does Benji do for, you know, four days off and three days on on any given week and he still can't make it in on time at seven o'clock? I mean, it boggles one's mind. So he, I feel, had to bring somebody in there that would give them a little bit of a fire under their asses. He, you know, she made them go to an improv. She made them do improv. She actually <laughs> came from that world. She, she used to do fucking improv, Monty Turk. And so she made them do an improv class so that they could, you know, freewheel ideas and talk things through and make things happen and shit like that. And it's all fucking psychobabble bullshit. Honestly, all of it. But you know what? This is how he chose to to end his career if he, in fact, chooses to end it in two years. You know, I, I feel like he's already starting. There was a Radar Online uh, article just the other day. Howard Stern retiring. Howard Stern, you know, sick and tired of doing what he's doing. And he's like, you know, that's such bullshit. But you can almost tell that he's trying to promote his book and also at the same time start his new negotiations with Sirius. Because he always brings up the retirement thing when it's I just about back time. For five more years. I'm going to go with three years. I'm going to go with a three-year deal where he can do as many shows as he wants to when he wants to. I think that might be the way it works. I don't know. What the fuck do I know? I just do a stupid podcast on him. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, though. We're in the same boat as you. We're in the same boat as you, so it's all good. Hey, there is a, there's a blind guy that we know, mm. um, this fucker who runs our website. Pretty pretty uh, sad state of affairs yeah. with this guy. Yeah, he lost, I'm sorry. A blind guy runs your website. Yeah. He lost 35 pounds, but uh, he'll gain it back. <laughs> Let's not wish that. Okay, help so me with, so, so help he's, me he's, with he's the a, fucking inside joke. So no, here, there's sir. no, there's no, there's no inside joke. He's a, he's a blind guy. His name is Blind Mike. He used to work for Barstool Sports. He's our boss that runs our uh, our podcast network, and uh, he has final editorial say of everything that we say. So if you're listening, Mikey, uh, we we hope that we're doing a good job there for you, he's boss. He's incredibly paranoid and scared. Yes. Um, what are you talking about? I'm serious. About? And, and he's he's applying. He's in the running. A blind man is in the running to be Kirk Menahan's social media manager. <laughs> so, he's, Oh, my God. You guys are so cute. You actually have a boss at your thing? We, we, we're like part you, of the- uh, You actually work for someone? We're part of the Blind, oh, sort of. Blindside Podcast uh, Network. Um, he sounds like- Wait a second. Is it called Blindside Podcast? Yes. Because the guy who runs it is fucking blind yeah. and lost 35 pounds, and I don't know how that's relevant, but I'm curious. <laughs> What the fuck? And he sounds like he always sounds like he's reading a haiku. That's his. That's his. Uh, <laughs> I actually just kind of like Yo- like Yoda esque. Yes, he, or like yeah. one. <laughs> some some may say he's as wise Over- as Yoda. Um, <laughs> a Red Sox fan, no longer am I. If I don't lose the thirty pounds around Fenway naked, I will run. <laughs> That's exactly how he sounds, um, and that's that's so. I actually, to, full disclosure, so angry when he hears. This. I just finished. 
I just finished up taping his podcast right before we started this one. This is my second podcast of the day, and I also wrote a column today in addition to my holy yeah, shit. Yeah, so it's been a big day for that fucking media whore. Yeah, I know. I, I really, I really am. I did my first TV appearance with this guy that I used to write articles for, and I, I really am becoming the thing that I hate. I am a star fucker, and and I will. I am intrigued. I am intrigued by the MHB thing. I, I must confess, I'm intrigued by what the fuck you are. Like, I, I, I always interests me when people first off he use down, you know he took down uh this writer last week who was writing this bullshit in the globe nobody saw it except for mhb and all of a sudden it's big boston news and this guy got canned from the boston globe because of him he's a real <laughs> troublemaker I, I, I really am a, I'm, a, I'm a class a shit stirrer um but uh yeah what, what's your twitter handle i need it's, to know uh, right it's, now it's at mark hannon balls i just followed radio gunk oh, right. i just followed you guys um, oh, I don't pay attention to those things. Let me see. Mark Hannon. <laughs> Mark Hannon balls? Yeah. 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 I've got to change it. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you're committed to MHB right now. That's right. I am committed to real. It's, it's a real MHB, I think, is what I'm going to change it to. Um, oh, there it is. So uh, one other thing that's kind of interesting, um, DC, I just want to update this for everybody listening. Uh, we were just followed on Twitter by a account called Kirk Minifan. And it is the first Minifan show parody. <laughs> Which, if, if I have those, too. if that's not the most <clears throat> meta thing, when you kind of start your own thing, that's like subverting <laughs> the primary source. So we started the show as parody accounts, and now we have our own parody accounts. Isn't that the best? I have I have radio dash gunks. I have radio dot gunks. I have radio funks. I have radio gunt. I have radio cunt. I mean, that's I have brilliant. I have so many wow. of them. Okay. Oh yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I love it. I, yeah, I'm I looking at it, it okay, right I now. Just... That that blows my mind. Yeah. Um, before we, because I, I feel like well, the other thing I was really interested about, because this is something that I, I, I do, I am really interested in, is the uh, Opie and Anthony thing and the Stern feud. Yeah. What's your, uh, obviously, you know, Stern played a big part in them kind of, in them kind of getting silenced. I mean, what's your, what's your, and, and that's still when Stern was, was at the height of, of kind of his role there. Uh, what's your take on, on the Opie, the whole Opie and Anthony fiasco of him kind of silencing them uh, with, with that whole thing? And by the way, the Opie and Anthony fans, if I thought the Howard Stern fans were dicks, the Opie and Anthony fans are brutal. Mm -hmm. They are brutal human beings. Holy shit. I used to be a big ONA fan when they were in Worcester. So I go way back in the afternoon. Yeah. So they were, so that's an interesting dynamic there. So they started out as absolute fanboys of Howard's, right? So Anthony Akumia did an amazing Howard Stern, like, um, uh, fake uh, impersonation of him. And, you know, they were like really fun, kind of kooky afternoon guys. They weren't really competition for Howard. So he didn't really feel like they were doing anything that was, no, they like you know, 12 records an hour in Worcester going to step on his shit. Exactly. And then all of a sudden they became talkers and, and they were kind of stepping on Howard a little bit and Howard would give them shit. And Howard's known for arguing with tapes. Like that's what he does. You know, he'll, he won't argue with you in person. He'll argue with the recording of something you may have said. So I've spoken to Opie. I can't, tell you how many times on like pms on twitter and i'm like dude when the fuck are you going to come on my show and talk about exactly what happened with sirius and i know there was like a lawsuit involved i know like some nefarious shit went down um and he and and tim sabian actually wound up being their uh the head of their show actually after 
after Howard let him go after Marcy Turk came in. So he was running like the the Opie thing. And then Anthony got himself into all sorts of trouble. I mean, but he's the one who literally at 45 years old is taking like a 17 year old to her fucking prom. I mean, he's like a weird guy. And um I kind of regret that interview we did with him because I didn't really follow him at all. So I didn't really know too much about him. And we just kind of laughed at him. And he was like, who the fuck are you people? So it was kind of embarrassing. But um, but Opie has an axe to grind for sure. Opie will 100% tell you that, you know, Howard is complete. Listen, Howard runs fucking serious. Howard runs serious. Sirius is so scared to not have a Howard personality in their world that they would absolutely do anything for him anything and it was easy to let go of opie you know because opie's really not the funny one let's be honest Mm -hmm. so it was easy for him to um to to make that happen and opie definitely has an axe to grind and i'm i'm really looking forward to that conversation with him online yeah they beat the shit out of howard on that jackie and and uh, Stuttering John episode, which is the only one I could really digest. Otherwise, you're right. He's he's dull. He needs he's somebody dull. else with him. Yeah. And and it used to be called walking on Greg shells, you know, because everything that he did offended him and he would get really upset. And, and the people that he has with him now actually are, are what make him. He's that guy. He's like your friend that, you know, we all had one growing up where you're the fucking funny one and they just live vicariously through you because they're really not funny. They're really kind of boring. But since you, you know, make everybody laugh, they'll they'll cling to your fucking tails. That's what and I do at MHB. That's right. Kind of what you do at MHB, I'm, who I'm studying right now yep. on Twitter as we're talking. You, well, you could give me a follow for Christ's sakes. Come on there. We, okay, can't, even well, get, just, we can't even get the guy with the with the drinking and movie show to follow us. So. Oh, yeah. He's he's our... Uh, our, 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 our oh, there he is. There he is. <sighs> That's how he starts every podcast, by the way, Monique. He starts it. He starts it by cracking the beer, taking a sip, and then he says, "Oh, that's toasty," and he sounds like he's got this little. Uh... Is he on Twitter? I need to know all yeah, about. Yeah, him. it's a, he's on Twitter at Ryan the James. <sighs> Ryan underscore the James. Ryan the James. I'm all over it right now. Hey, welcome back, the, everyone. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that we're gonna have. A, <laughs> I'm gonna try a, a, a boom. So, what's the future? Here. What's the future of your show? What What do you think? Who uh, the hell knows? We're week to week. Yeah. At this point, I think one of the things that we've been looking at is the is the prospect of figuring out how to do. Um, more listener interaction because I think one of the great dilemmas, especially Kirk is dealing with this right now because Entercom won't let him on the air, is how the fuck do you replicate sort of the on-air dynamic of taking calls and listener interaction when you're in a podcast format? I think one of the ways you can do that is with Periscope. Another way is that we have, you know, we've got a, a text line and a voicemail line. And I've talked to DEC, like, what about taking calls like during the podcast that sort of thing like <laughs> something that would try and replicate because there's there, there's something to be said about that you know that live format that live dynamic where there's a buzz and people are engaged and Agreed. listening and Agreed. it's hard to so do that do, in podcasts so we do something called our stern fan square table and what that is, I have people write into me all the time saying, you know, next time you do a square table, I'd love to be a part of it, whatever. So I'll reach out to about six or seven people um, and let them know, hey, you know, are you available Thursday at seven? We're doing this show. And then I'll pick three people to do it. It is like herding cats, though, mm. because <laughs> most of these people have never done a show 
or don't know uh, how to take cues. I mean, shit, even the people I do it with, we're, we're all the same, you know, so they don't take cues and they don't understand when you give them the time to talk. So it's really, it's really hard to do it. But I will tell you what I love is I love doing uh, YouTube live and, um, and what they do is they automatically pair you up with Google Hangouts. So you can actually do it if you wanted to do like a live visual, you can, you know, you can have four, you can have six people all with their video at the same time. And you'll only see the person's video while they're talking kind of thing. Um, so it's an interesting way of doing it. And then I will allow YouTube to record it and then I will then download the MP3 of it to Audacity and then re-edit it and put it out as a podcast. So I can do the YouTube live. We have all the people on the side asking questions constantly. It's super, super fun to do. Really is. I love doing I'll check that. Check that out next time you guys do one of those because that's that's really uh that's that's something that's really innovative and interesting. That's really cool you guys are doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's fun to do. I've seen a lot of stuff where there are tools, but a lot of times they cost money and they're not cheap. Like, uh, like a No, none of this should cost you any money. There's OBX. I mean, everybody uses OBX, you know, so that's like a really good one to use. Um, there's a couple of different ways to do it. I tend to not do live shows simply because I have so many fucking trolls who <laughs> come after me on a constant basis and, you know, if there's even like a slight facial tick that they think is funny, they will Photoshop the shit out of me. They'll make me into like some fucking douchebag looking person. And I'm oh, like, they've you know done what? that to us. We go. I'm sure do- they do, but you know, you guys can take it more than I can. I, I'm, I'm not good with people being like dicks to me. Really, I'm, not, I'm just not good with it. So, I tend not to do it. We love to do it when we have like a video to show, and we'll sit there and watch the video and and actually comment on it. But I do love the aspect on YouTube of having the people be able to comment and you be able to talk to them. And it doesn't go by quite as fast as it does on Periscope because you miss a lot of shit on Periscope and you miss a lot of questions. You miss a lot of things. So it's it's easier to contain the role of the scroll on YouTube Live than it is yeah, the, on the Ray Charles on the podcasting does that. And it's usually <laughs> just me. If only he if only he could see how good it is. I know. <laughs> I know. The difference in it's the so world. funny. We were we were on uh <laughs> We we were we were doing the live stream uh, tonight, and I'm like I'm like hey is is my because we were doing Skype, and he's like I'm like hey hey Mike can can you can uh, hey Mike is, is my is my <laughs> Skype coming in okay? And he's like how the hell would I know? <laughs> <laughs> on on Kirk's show I will be. Uh, I I would like to do a bit where Kirk just throws stuff at me. That's his that's his pitch that I could about? stand there and as a blind man you could throw shit at me. So that doesn't sound really interesting to me. I mean unless it's like just you wait. Something really fucked up. Uh he like he, what do you mean like 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 a like a like a lobster without the uh without the rubber bands exactly, on the claws. Exactly. <laughs> That'd be great. Shirtless. Shirtless. <laughs> Completely shirtless and you got to throw lobsters without the rubber bands in their claws and he's got to catch them but his hands are tied behind his back so you got to catch them in his mouth. I think that would be the perfect way to go about it. Would you actually do something like that? Me personally? To Mike I would. I wouldn't but I'd do it to Mike in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, oh not MHB because MHB is a big fucking deal apparently. Not, well yeah because people could see me shirtless. That'd be fine. Sure. Yeah. No worries there. Yeah, not me. <laughs>
<laughs> I still got about 30 pounds to go. No, thank you. I'm on the, I'm on the blind Mike diet. Mike and I are competing to see who can lose more weight. So do you guys, do you guys have, do you have, do you have um, jobs in real life? No, um, I'm a, uh, I, I, I'm actually a, a homeless man. Uh, and I, I, I uh, no, I do. I do have a job in real life. And, and that's why I do the, um, the fake Twitter name, that sort of thing. I actually, I live in, in, uh, I used to live in Massachusetts. I live in Pennsylvania now. So that's why I, uh. Oh, really? We're in Pennsylvania. I'm in Philly, actually. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm in management for a very large telecommunications company. Are you really? Yes, I am. It works in the White House. Interesting. No, I don't work <laughs> in the White House. <laughs> Sarah Sanders' it's assistant. A, it's a big friggin' company. Yeah. So how often do you guys do your podcast? Once a week. Once a week. Yep. Really? See? Good for you. I, it takes all the strength I have to like muster up my boys. I, how, I, oh, this seriously. Is, I see, this is, we just DM like all day, every day. We're like an old married like, couple. A, like an old married couple of ideas all the time. It's agreed. Like we do that all the time. It's like, oh my god, we should do a show about this. Well, well, so I just recorded. I'm not coming out with it yet, only because the anniversary is coming up in another three weeks. But it's the anniversary of the death of Dana Plato. Mm. It's going to be the 20 year anniversary, and. As you may or may not know, Howard was the last person to interview her. Then she was on a plane on her way home, and she committed suicide the next morning. Get the hell out. So, yes, and they, they were such dicks to her. And they gave her like 12 minutes on air and then started taking those phone calls, those fucked up phone calls. You know them. The ones that they just ripped her a new asshole. Dana, you're still such a, you're a drug addict. You're so fucked up. You're such a fucked up human being. I mean, really just beat the shit out of her. So she gave them like a clipping of her hair. Go ahead, drug test me. She's like, I've been clean. You know, I'm not doing anything anymore. I'm super clean and whatever. So we had this guy on named Shane Bugsby who was trying to get her to do like some sort of uh, metal fest jam kind of thing going on. And uh, that's why she was going on the Stern show. And she, he called in the morning and he's like, is Dana there to her boyfriend at the time? And he's trying to wake Dana. And all you hear is like this breathing rattle. And then the guy calls him like 10 minutes later and says, she's dead. And it was something on YouTube called Dana's Dana Plato's Last Breath or something like that. And he got into a shit ton of trouble for posting it at the time. But we had a whole conversation with him about the Dana Plato thing. And what does he think about Howard's responsibility towards, you know, Dana, you know, just enabling Dana to be so fucked up, knowing he had like a totally fragile human being on his show. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, we did a like a two hour podcast. Fragile human beings that he abused and used up and discarded i would say yeah we're just talking about Artie's in that category nicole bass is in that category pretty much anybody who has ever been on that show who gets nothing other than the adulation from others of being on that show you know and and he is able to exploit them uh drunken hank the drunken angry dwarf i mean just he's very exploitative with with people like that and so now it's just really easy to use your back office because, you know, they've all signed NDAs, so they're not going to fuck with you. They're just going to go along with whatever boss says, and that's it. Sad. 
Hashtag sad. Well, that's a depressing way to end. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> I know. Any, any, uh, so that's that's your that's what you got going on next. Anything else you want to plug? Maybe your uh, your your Twitter handle. Anything else? Any uh, anything else that we can? Absolutely. Look you up? So I'm the real Radio Gunk, but it's just really just Radio Gunk. No dots, no dashes, no anything. So it's at Radio Gunk. I just started an Instagram account because everybody told me I had to. So I am Radio Gunk on Instagram, and then our our website and our forum are awesome radiogunk.com backslash forums um we talk about the shit of the day and pop culture we also do a little baby podcast called radio geek um where the boys all get together they'll see whatever's the latest you know marvel or dc movie and shoot the shit about that so we host that on our website as well and <laughs> that's a great fucking drop by it the way it's like, so horrible i love it it's really, it's almost disgusting. Uh, he must really. absolutely hate us. Yeah, he, we just, and he's on our network. We just shit on him all the time because it's, it's unlistenable. I, I, all right. Because I, because you know, I can't, I really, I can't walk chew gum and type at the same time. So now that I'm following you and you're I'll following tweet, I'll me. I'll DM to you. I'll DM you the, the, uh, the, uh, the on tap or so on everybody, crap, everybody who listens to radio gunk, you need to go to iTunes and look up on tap. Ryan James is the proprietor and. He's going to tell you about a good beer and a movie you'll, you'll never be interested in watching. Yes, that's great. So, yeah, I'm going to actually double tweet when you guys actually... When are you, when are you putting this up? What's your story? Uh, so I can tell I think my... we're going to do it Monday. We're going to do, yeah, Monday morning. If that's okay. Yeah, Monday morning, I think, is what we're going to do. Uh, I don't care. Yeah, because yeah, that okay, way cool. we don't have to record anything during spring break uh, and Easter, all that stuff. So, What's the name of the guy who's a Saudi Arabian prince who's like a real scumbag who killed that guy? Oh, that's random. Oh, it's MBH. See, ah. that's why I'm getting yeah, so confused. Yeah, that's not me. Believe me. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, not me. Yes, yeah. Prince Mohammed bin Salim. <laughs> MBS. That's what that's it is. Me. Yep. <laughs> you got me. That's it. I Busted. <laughs> you found me out. It took me this long. If it wasn't for you damn kids and that stupid dog. <laughs> I would have got, yeah, away, with got away with it, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on. This was awesome. I feel educated yeah. now. This was the master class of like stern anthology. This was this was fantastic. I am am I still a neophyte or yeah, I was what, what do you say? You know what though? Here's the funny thing about you, MHB, is that your questions were so so insightful because you're such a neophyte. And because you stop it with that can opening and because you you don't know a lot about it. So it's always more fun to uh, educate somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that is so fucking stupid. Drunk I Eric love it. That's, a, that's drunk Eric Curtis for you. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I'm glad that my my neophyteism, which sounds like that's not a word, sa- that's not a sounds word. like something Ryan James would like, though. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm glad that that helps. Um, and and we will uh, I'll make sure to tag you in this so that way we can. Uh, oh my god, that amuses me to no end. I have to tell you, too. it's really it's really it's just so fucking amusing. It's amazing. I love it. He's gonna punch me in the face if I ever run into him, and I'll and, and I'll cower, of course, because I don't want to get into a fight. But man. <laughs> That's going to be very uncomfortable <laughs> one day. And, and the only I reason I know it. about you, Monique, is that the the, the uh, Stevie oh, Wonder yeah. of YouTube you know? told me about you. We did a Howard Stern show where I played the clips that uh, I played the clips on his channel. We didn't get tagged or anything. Yeah. I don't know how we did that. We didn't get caught, but we talked about it. And he goes, uh, "Radio Gunk is a show uh, you should listen to. I think you'd really like it." 
So that's how I. Who found said it. this blind guy? Yeah, the blind guy. guy. The blind guy. He's a big blind fan. Mike. Blind Mike. He does. Oh. You know we've been we've been ragging on him. Have we even said what his podcast is? It's Trash Talk, and you can download talk. the latest episode with me, MHB, today. It just dropped. Uh, Tonight, we just taped it today and it dropped today. Trash talk. All right, I'm going to look you guys up. All right, would you do me a favor? Would one of you, uh, you know what would be really good is if one of you actually uh, joined my forum and then you can um, feel free to, you know, throw your shit up there when you want to. Nice. You know, do you, you see a, you on that? Yeah, because yep. that's more your, the Stern world's more your your speed and I I, I'm, I can't figure it out. I'm trying to figure out the, her, her forum right now and I can't. No, it doesn't even have to be st- if, if if it's a podcast that you guys did and you think it's of interest to you know my demographic, then just come on and say, hey guys, you know, come listen to our our new podcast. Awesome. It's perfectly okay with yeah, me. We can do that. Hell yeah, because I'm the boss of that shit. So yeah, by all means, do the okay. Well, well, thanks for coming on our podcast. That's- well, thanks for having me, sirs. I yeah. appreciate it. I'm going to so, go eat a little something now because it's 9 o'clock. So I'm we're going to educate you with uh, Kirk's version of Baba Booey. Uh, this is the best way to take us out. It is currently... Twi- <laughs> uh, Jesus, Mary. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Good weekend.